Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to episode 198 of Slam Fire Radio for March 17th, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor. I'm another one of your hosts, Matthew. I, I, I thought you were just like not, you know, saying your name because you paused for a long time. Dramatic pause. Now you've messed it up by... Yeah, do it again. The dramatic. Okay, no, here we go. Do, yeah, ready, do it again. I'm one of your hosts. I'm another one. Oh, dang it. I pause. <laughs> I forgot to pause. Too much pause? Not enough pause? Yeah. I'm Trevor. I'm, tre- I'm also... And who? joining me is Adriel and Kelly. <laughs> what did you call me? Idiot. <laughs> What's an idiot? <laughs> it's like an idiot and an ingrate had a child. And, and it child was me. It was idiot. Yeah, it was you. That's cool. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, Adriel. Hi, Kelly. Yeah. Hey. I'm glad to be on. I'm really just Today. trying to talk to you guys now. Cause the Top of the morning to you. Uh, that's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. It's today. Yeah. Today is that. today. It's March 17th. Lick up Blarney Stone or something. Is tomorrow St. Patrick's Day? Tomorrow. Is, today is St. Patrick's If you're listening now, it's St. Patrick's Remember, Day. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I forgot the time change thing. So if you're not, if they're not wearing green, we get to shoot them? Is that how that works? Pretty sure. Mm. Hmm. Make sure you wear green, kids. <laughs> Could be a fun well, day tomorrow. Fantastic. Hello. I'm Kelly. Another Hello, one Kelly. Host. Yeah. Kelly. I already introduced you. This is awkward. Are you sure we're not at the end of the show? (laughs) It's much media. And see you next week. Thank you. Yeah. And goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. So if this is the kind of thing you think you should be paying for, let me tell you how you. (laughs) (laughs) What a segue! You know how to segue, my friend. There is a great. There's a great program out there called Patreon, and let me tell you what it is. It's a site dedicated to help content creators get paid for creating content. You go to www.patreon.com, look up the words Slamfire and Radio. Actually, don't put the and in there. And, uh, yeah, you'll find our Patreon page, and there's options there on how you can financially support the show. So Patreon, not something we came up with. We're, going, we're giving a little explanation this week because people have asked us, what is this Patreon thing you keep bothering me about every week? You're like, give me money through Patreon, but I don't know what Patreon is. So Patreon... It's a brilliant program created for content creators to help their listeners, their viewers, whatever, support them financially with monthly contributions. It could be as little as a dollar or as much as, you know, I don't know, a hundred dollars. A corporate jet. A corporate jet. Yeah. Ten thousand is good. What's awesome about our listeners, they're contributing in calibers. We get 458 SOCOM, 223 Remington, 556 NATO, 308. We get it. We get. We get it all. We so haven't gotten a 177 yet, though. Like pellet gun, like a 177. I think that would be a dollar 77, wouldn't it? It would. Yes. And yeah. uh, 177 is kind of lame, but it kind of. We, you know. Hey, it's better than a kick in the butt with a cold buck luck. Uh, yes, Kelly. It certainly is better than that. So. 
<laughs> go to patreon.com forward slash slam fire forward slash yeah i said that right yeah patreon www.patreon.com forward slash slam fire forward slash post to find our patreon page and uh and contribute and once you become a patreoni which is our pet name for people who uh you know who patreon uh, us who patreon us thank or, or, you Matthew. Yeah, yeah that cleaned it up nicely yeah yes yeah. once you become a patreoni you get extra perks. First and yes. foremost, you receive bonus content, uh, live shows on occasion, uh, and uh, some swag just for uh, becoming a subscriber, a patroni of Slam Fire Radio. So that's what it is. And what we're going to do with it, obviously, yes, is buy a corporate jet. Yes. So we can fly out to shooting events all across North America. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's not to pay for equipment and pay for hosting fees. It's no. all about the jet. That's, it's a jet. It's a jet. And then once we get the jet, it'll be missiles for the jet. Oh, yeah. It is a shooting show after all. Hey, you know yeah. what? They're Too close for it. missiles. I'm switching to guns. Well, exactly, Matthew. And they are talking about phasing out the A-10 Warthog, which has both missiles and a burp. Yeah, cannon. the burp. <laughs> yeah. We need wow. a burp. We need a burp yeah. gun. We need a burp gun for the show. Oh, that's the wrong kind of burp, isn't it? That's the wrong... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not that there's uh... anything wrong with that. <laughs> Why don't oh, so we... many references. Yeah, why don't we jump into what we did this week in guns? <laughs> McClatchy, dig us up. Sure, I I, dig up, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going to have to apologize off the bat. I'm a little um, uh, tired, giddy. Little, a little giddy from exhaustion. Ex- I have exhaustion giddiness. That must be what it is. I Sweet. I spent um, the better part of today driving over 900 kilometers to Serious? write a, to write a 15 minute quiz. You saw New Brunswick oh three goodness. times. Yeah, I drove. I drove to Moncton and back, which is uh, 450 kilometers one way. Uh, and Moncton, for those of you who don't know, uh, who aren't from New Brunswick, if you, I live in the upper left-hand corner, and Moncton's in the lower right-hand corner. So I literally could not have driven any farther and still stayed in New Brunswick. <laughs> That's how far I had to go today. So yeah, a little little road weary, but um, I did actually do some stuff with guns this week. I went on a winter hike with a couple of guys, um, and uh, my buddy Matt, and a couple of uh, students. They uh, they wanted to get out, and they're in air cadets, and they wanted to get out and do some uh, some winter survival type things. And we did do some winter camping with them uh, a month ago or a couple months ago. And this is the 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 story where the one kid almost cut his thumb off, and the other one got cold at ten o'clock, so we took him home. <laughs> so they decided they didn't want to sleep over again. They just wanted to go out for the afternoon which which made a bit more sense baby steps but on the way of course we uh, matt and i each took our, our 22 rifles and stopped in a gravel pit and shot some tin cans and snow banks and snowballs and whatnot so the kids had a good time we got uh, a, a little impromptu lesson on safety to just you know they hadn't really been exposed to guns beyond air cadets where they just shoot pellet guns so you know which we went over the four basic rules and and made sure people were you know standing in the right spot and fingers off triggers and showed them some some rudimentary uh, basic fundamental skills, just stance and grip and sight picture and breathing and whatnot to, to get them to, to hit the, the tin can. And they did pretty good. So uh, we had fun with that. Uh, I messed with the PAR a little bit. I, I, I decided that, uh, that yeah, it is, it is a gun that I'm going to keep ever since I got the accuracy issue worked out. But it, it, just, it hasn't been finished yet. I haven't really taken the time to finish uh, setting it up the way I want it. So... Uh, the front pump uh, on the forearm, um, for those of you who don't remember, pump? yeah, as opposed to the shut up, Trevor. 
who asked you anyway? <laughs> <laughs> because it's a pump-action rifle. Uh, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't remember, it's an AR-15 with a with a pump. It's not an AR-15. It's like an AR-15 with a, a pump-action. So the front rails are covered with uh, rail covers so that you don't rip your hands to shreds when you pump because it's got uh, Picatinny rails. Um, so I, I wanted access to those, so I, I cut one of the rails in such a way that I can now mount a flashlight on one side of it just because I, I like my guns to be able to sport a flashlight for any reason that I deem fit. And also I need to figure out how to uh, modify the bottom a little bit to put an angled foregrip on the bottom because I find that even though the pump has sort of worn itself in and the chamber sort of worn in and it does pump a lot easier than it did when I first got it, occasionally it still does take a bit of effort to, to actually cycle the action. And I just figured with the angled foregrip on it, that's just more grippage. Uh, so I get less slippage, and I can pump the action a bit more. More grippage for less slippage. That's right, more grippage for less <laughs> slippage. And uh, make sure I can get that pump back quickly and uh, decisively whenever uh, I decide to do that. So anyway, I, I got a foregrip from Trevor. He's, uh, he's going to pop in the mail for me here soon, I think, so I should be able to mess with that when it arrives. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's cool. There's no huge rush on that. It's just, you know, hurry would have went today, but I forgot it at home this morning. Makes but I got to mail something to Dylan tomorrow. I got to return some parts. Are they going to bill me for the replacements? Cool. So, yeah. Well, that's Things. Yeah. So I'll mess with that a little bit when that shows up, and then the Mantis X. We talked about this training aid a few weeks ago. It's that little uh, accelerometer thing that you pair to your phone, and then you mount it on your gun, and then it sort of tracks your 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 firing, either mm-hmm. dry fire or live fire. Well, apparently. The company that makes this had sent me a message through YouTube asking me if I would like one to review on my channel. And I never well, checked. Yeah. yeah, I never check my messages on YouTube, and it doesn't notify me that I get a message. Like private I messages. know you don't check your messages yeah, on YouTube. This you has been I, an ongoing problem since 2011. No one does. No one does. <laughs> There's no notification. You would think they would come with a notification. I mean, anytime somebody even likes one of my comments, I get this like 17,000 million notifications that, oh, somebody clicked like. Like, why can't they just say, hey, somebody sent you a message? But uh, anyway, I found it just randomly. I was clicking around board one day. I'm like, oh, messages. I wonder what this is. And I clicked in there and it's like, hey, this is so-and-so from Mantis X. want to send you one so you can review it on your channel. I'm like, ah, yes, I want one. So I wrote them back and uh, fortunately... Um, it wasn't too late, and they're going to send me one. So Yay. I get to uh, get a Mantis X and, and mess around with it and make a review and put it up on YouTube, and we'll see if this thing uh, is as good as they say it is. Now, oh, man, I just <laughs> – well, you talking just reminded me about messages, and I just went in there, and there's a bunch of people <laughs> saying, hey, do you want this stuff? Hey, do you want this stuff to review? <laughs> oh, there's so many of them. <laughs> There's See like what I mean? In here. Oh. See what I mean? It's terrible. Guys, <laughs> guys, guys who review things on YouTube, not checking their YouTube inbox. We need to check our messages way more often. Brilliant. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a dedicated video that's uh, just gonna stay on the front page of my channel that says, "Please don't send me a message. Send me an email instead." <laughs> Or just no. comment on this video sure. because if you comment on this video, I'll get a notification that you commented. But if you send the me a message, be, I won't. I sent com- you a message. Yes, that's that that would be great. Would be. Send yeah. me a comment to say you sent me a message, and then I'll go check. But <laughs> oh, it drove me nuts. It was, it was like two months ago he sent the message, but he's still cool. He's like, yeah, we'll send you one. I'm like, sweet. So that's gonna be fun. Nice. So yeah, that's that's what I did today and last week and the week before and stuff such. 
So, what did uh, Trevor do? What did you do to do? Uh, it's, to been, do? it's been kind of slow, um, yeah. sickly and all. Cool. All right. Well, Adriel, so, what did you do then? I didn't say it was dead. I said it was slow. <laughs> so, all right, sold, fine. I sold the um, uh, Misa. Uh, there's a way to pronounce it that drives Mike from the Reloading Podcast absolutely nuts. I think it's – no, we, we pronounce it Mesa. May, yeah, no, that's the correct one. So Mesa Tactical. Uh, <laughs> Mesa, so happy you say that. <laughs> exactly. The Urbino, U-R-B-I-N-O. Yeah, Urbino. Yeah, the pistol. Not my Bino, your Bino. My Bino. No, your Bino. So they make a – thank you. They make a pistol grip (laughs) stock for the Mossberg 930, and uh, I I didn't like it right from the get-go. So I took it off and put the factory one on and put it for sale on CGN, and it finally sold. Uh, Of course, he's in in, um, BC, and he sent the message after midnight last night saying, I'll take it. So all day I've been watching my email. Like every 30 seconds, did I get the MT? Did I get the MT? How about now? Is it there now? (laughs) Right, so anyway, because I immediately have to flip that money over to my uh, my gunsmith because I'm going there tomorrow to collect a couple of items. When does and, he send uh, out the guy to break your legs? I was gonna ask. <laughs> How much are you into it, him for? How many thousand? Come on. No, no, no. We're down to seven thirty-eight. So. I understand why you plugged the Patreon thing now <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of the show. Yeah, baby needs some hot blue. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no. Tomorrow I'll be picking up um, my. Uh, Kui Model 84. Now this job, he was supposed to rust blue the receiver. He he also fitted a new um, the metal piece that goes on the end of the handguard that uh, matches up with the receiver. There's a name for it. We'll call it the metal piece that goes on the end of the handguard. It um, it wasn't it was uh, it wasn't off a, a Kui 840 because it wasn't plastic. It was metal, but it didn't. The lines just didn't blend well with the receiver, so he actually um, shaped it so that the lines would blend with the receiver. And then he was supposed to rust blue that part and rust blue the receiver and hot blue the barrel. And I really wanted this rust blue look on the receiver because the receiver already had a sort of a. It was probably rust blued. But it looked kind of case-hardened, and rust bluing kind of looks that way. It doesn't have the exact same finishes as hot bluing, where hot bluing comes out like really dark blue or even black. Unfortunately, it didn't take, and it came out black. So now I've got a blued receiver and a blue barrel. I'm not really sure how that's going to look. If I don't like it, then maybe I'll see if he does case-hardening and take it back to him and give him a strip it and case-harden it. Because they, they weren't hot blued originally, and I don't think it's going to look good hot blued. So I'm a little concerned about that. He also, um, there was a little bit of mild pitting on the barrel. Obviously, he polished that off. He polished the chamber and put a new bead on there because the bead that was on there was bent. So, uh, And I already had the wood refinished, so I'm looking forward to getting that all put back together. He also did my Model 99, Savage Model 99 in 300 Savage. That's been all hot blued and then reassembled. And what else? Um, oh, and I'm picking up a rifle from him that we'll talk about on the uh, bonus episodes. So you got to be a Patreon to hear that stuff. And then my um, order from Brownells came in with uh, my last uh, powder measure for my turret, t- the tool heads for my turret press. Mm-hmm. So I got that final one set up. So it's 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 faster than any kind of Dylan out there because you don't have to. There's no caliber conversion kit. You just put a shell plate on the ram. Put your turret on the turret press, and you're done. Throw some powder in the measure, and, and away you go. So I've got three different calibers set up for that now, 44, 45, and 30 carbine. 
Um, I also am going to start reloading 303 British because I got my two Enfields back and started to process some brass. So I ordered the, um, I've got a cool um, bench trimmer, but every time I want to trim a particular caliber, I got to buy a new shell holder. So that's a little inconvenient. I almost thought about buying a, a cheaper uh, bench mounted trimmer so that I could, but that didn't make any sense where I could buy, you know, a, another $80 trimmer or just 11 bucks every time I want to trim a particular caliber. So whatever. Uh, so I picked those up for the 303 and for 30 carbine because I've got a bunch of different 30 carbine from a, a brass from different sources, some brand new factory uh, and some that's been reloaded once and some I don't know how many times been reloaded. Uh, and shout out to, I know it's not a shout out section. Don't. Hey, no time for shout outs now. <laughs> no, don't. No. Wait, wait, wait. I have I a shout out too. I didn't write it in. So if I don't say it now, I won't be able to. It's my segment. Well, will, you can put I'll it down at the bottom. Out. Wait, I'll wait. I want to go back group. to my segment and say a shout out. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't have one. See, that's called cooperation. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not what you were saying before we started. <laughs> the good news is I recorded it all, so it's going in an yep. outtake. Oh, perfect. <laughs> awesome. So anyway, Mr. Uzi, thank you. He's putting some 30 carbine brass in the mail for me. Is he? Uh, yeah. So terminal, he is. I'm putting, uh, trimming all of this uh, 30 carbine to the same length, just a little bit under under what the maximum length is supposed to be, and a little bit over what the minimum length is supposed to be. And that being said, I am in search of a 30 carbine case gauge, not a case length gauge. I want a case gauge, like a chamber checking gauge, to make sure that it will chamber in the gun. So, if anyone knows a company that produces that or work can be had, please uh, either contact me. Uh, my email, the show's email, or Facebook. That you would should be ask some guys that fantastic. do some reloading podcasts. You know that? Well, uh, you know, I was on the show on Sunday, <laughs> and I did put it out there as well. But believe it or not, we don't share we the same know. audience. Not okay, everybody listens to both shows. So if you listen to this show, you should definitely listen to the reloading podcast. Well, I listen to it. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. <laughs> them. The royal them. The they? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Adriel, what about you? What have you been up to? Oh, I did that uh, three-gun and it was cold. <laughs> I think I sent you guys a picture there with uh, old frozen beard. That uh, yeah, happens. that looks chilly. Yeah. The, the beard sickles going on. Yeah, the beard sickles. Uh, it was minus twenty in the morning. I think it got warmer as day went on. But uh, uh, yeah, we we actually we, we toughed it out. We kind of set up like a tent with a heater in it to uh, uh, help people warm up their hands before they went out to shoot, kind of a thing. And uh, just anyone who was getting cold kind of thing. I was actually fine the whole day. Uh, I was ROing one of the stages. So when you're ROing, you get to move a lot. And when you move, you don't freeze your toes or anything, right? Because you get to get to keep nice and warm. So it was good. Um, I got second, which I was really happy about. Uh, we didn't have a bunch of people out. So this wasn't like a, I'm not getting second out of like a field of 50 or anything like that. But um, I was pretty happy with it. Most people were having uh, lots of problems with, uh, the cold uh, affecting their their guns. Oh, they um, forgot ev- to everyone. Over them. No, everyone, everyone. Uh, rifle jams, shotgun, mm-hmm. pistol, everything. Uh, at least one problem for everyone. So yeah. I, you know, as as I was ROing, I had to, um, you know, some people just had to call it quits uh, mid stage because their, uh, for example, uh, their rifle wouldn't uh, wouldn't go all the way into battery. Or uh, you know, or their pistol was just jamming over and over and over again, uh, or their shotgun was having problems, and and uh, you know, I think 
it you know it, it kind of sucks shooting when it's minus twenty, but it's kind of good because you get to see all of these uh, problem firearms, all these all these problems kind of exacerbated. And you guys uh, using Lee Enfields like the Rangers. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have any problems with those. Right. <laughs> they run, run, run. What what's slower? A semi-auto that won't run or a bolt action that runs? Oh man, the semi-auto for sure, because yeah, like I said, some people just like uh one of the guys has a uh, an air fifteen with no uh forward assist. Normally you shouldn't have a for like a forward assist isn't like really required. It's you know, why why jam in a a round that won't go in, in the first place? But it was so cold that uh, his his rifle, you know, just needed that extra little bit in, yeah. um, and it turned out it was actually his uh, his charging handle was just dragging. So <laughs> as soon as like he he went off to that's another range, forward, that's why the forward ex- forward assist exists. It's not always about the chamber. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting because when you shoot in the cold, you get to you get to see all these really weird. Uh, failures and and uh, and really get to push your equipment and uh, and see what uh, see what it does. Um, I got I, I got out like fairly unscathed. Uh, my shot I, I overran my shotgun a couple of times. I think I've mentioned that before. My my Stoger is a uh, uh, inertial action, so it's uh, it's possible to overrun it. It's it cycles a bit slow. Um, uh, everything else was good though. My, I, I was really happy with my pistol shooting. I was really happy with my rifle shooting. I was even happy with, uh, with my shotgun shooting. It wasn't the fastest runs out there. I was, uh, I chose to run the shotgun stages with gloves on. Um, a lot of people were, you know, doing the heater thing, bare hands, and then they're, they're, they're going at it. Um, and running with gloves and quad loading is, uh, <laughs> can good. be a little bit tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, my, my times weren't awful. It was, it was the, the, the one time where I overran my shotgun and I just tried, you know, pulling the trigger too fast and, and tried driving it a bit too hard. Um, that, well, uh, that held me back. I'm going to be that guy cause that's my role. So you <laughs> also kind of did good because other guns didn't run. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. There was, just, uh, somebody um, had to say it. I'm just, yeah, there was some, there were some great shooters there that, uh, you know, their, their stuff didn't run and that, you know, um, Adriel, Adriel, sorry. I just want you to know I said that just because of one particular email that we're going to read later on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Turns oh, out wait, I'm you're from... still a good shooter, Adriel. <laughs> Turns out I'm that <laughs> guy. Yeah, yeah, you're a great shooter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I don't know. It was. It was a blast. I mean, uh, uh, getting out and shooting with the guys. Like, uh, uh, you know, it. Your your local shooting club very much turns into a community. I was thinking about this a little bit. Uh, just on the drive back, um, how many competitive sports do you, as an adult, engage in? And you know, I, th- I think for a lot of people, it's it's uh, it's very few. Maybe you got like a, a soccer team that you play with or something like that. But some, maybe some that's rec- it. Right? Rec- hockey in the winter time and golf in the summertime is probably what <laughs> most people are saying. Yeah, yeah, and but firearms is uh, and, and shooting sports is different because there's fewer people who are into it. Uh, the people who are into it are probably very similar to you if, if you're into it. And uh, the, the groups are big. It's, there's a lot of camaraderie. And I was, you know, I was just thinking about that on the, on the way home. It's like, wow, how, how does this happen? And it's, and it's, yeah, I think it's you get together with a group of like-minded people and you enjoy the camaraderie and, and, and the shooting with people that, uh, that you enjoy that, uh, that makes up for it. So, uh, no, it was, a, it was a really good match. Unfortunately, my, you know, my buddy got first. So, uh, so he razzed me the whole way home. And, uh, yeah, as I, he should. As he yeah, should. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's how I feel when Matthew gets first. I always say, unfortunately, Matthew got first. Right? He does. He literally does. Like he he Did will he literally last year. He'll do third place, second place, and then he'll sigh, hang his head, pick up the third one, and or the first place, just kind of throw it at me. He says, mm-hmm. and that guy won, whatever. E- even if we're not in the same division, which no, we exactly. Are. Doesn't matter. He just he does he doesn't like me to win, which is great. I like it, and everybody else laughs too. So that's now, good. And then I what was that, Kelly? Love him. Kelly, Kelly just I said, yeah, I said, Matthew, didn't you beat him last year? Didn't you Bro. place first? But, oh, at the three-gun? The when I had one, yeah, the three-gun, yeah. I had one hand. When you had no, one hand. No, it wasn't that one. No, no it wasn't that excuses. one. Wasn't the steel challenge. No. We don't shoot against each other in Ipsic. I think you're, no, Kelly. No, I'll have to go back. No, didn't happen. You will, won't you? You will. Yeah, I will. You will, you will. you will listen to every episode of CCRR and Slam Fire oh, to yeah. find that one. To, yeah. Yeah, I was on it. I remember. Get score going. Just My proudest moment was when he and Owen and I all shot Glocks, and I don't shoot Glocks in competition, and I beat them. Yeah. That's still my. That's still. That's still the highlight of my shooting career. That's better than Mag Forty. <laughs> Uh, just beating your beating your buds. At, but who's uh, but who's holding on to mediocrity? Not oh, me. Oh no, not you. No. <laughs> uh, sweet. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, great great time. Uh, can't wait for uh, for our next shoot. Um, and just uh, I, I've been uh, trying to get this uh, this shorter barrel for for my Stoger and and uh, just this uh, this last shoot. It's it's a twenty eight inch barrel, and uh, it's too long. And I'm looking at, do I spend a further, what, so it's like 190 US, do I spend a further whatever, 250 $300 to get the barrel here? Or do I just like sell the, sell the Stoger and get something else? So I think, I think I'm in the market for uh, a Beretta 1301 uh, comp. So if any, any listeners know where I can get one of those used, uh, let me know because I don't necessarily need a new one. Used is fine. Is it three uh, and a half? Uh, it's three inch. But the the, the thing well, is, I with spend three that gun, much money on a three inch though, because it's There's a good one. The, Have you shot a thirteen oh one? No, but they're really lightweight. Uh, they load really well. They've got all the go fast parts except for an extension tube. Um, How do and, they stack uh, up to the Benelli's, like the Super Eagle and the M one or M two or whatever? Well, the Benelli's are, are a better quality shotgun, but they're also, like here in Canada, uh, uh, by the time you're done mm-hmm. putting those parts onto an M2, you're looking at twenty five hundred, three grand easy. And the Oh, and the Beretta's not up there. I thought the Beretta no, would be... No, the, 13, oh. the 1301 is... like It used to be about 1000 bucks. then our you know ex, the currency exchange went to, went well, to the dumps, so now it's right around 1500 But used, I might be able to get one for like a grand or something. What about a used Versamax Tactical? That's the other. The other potential is a Versamax. Um, you'd still have to add the parts on, right? Not so with, no, I to... said tactical. With the tactical, you don't have to add anything. Oh, does it, it come with has, all it, the stuff on it? Yeah, it's it's got the extended charging handle. It's got the right lifter. You don't have to weld mm-hmm. your lifter. Um, it's got the shorter barrel. It's got an extension tube on it. And there's actually they're they are as rare as hen's teeth. But I know of one in existence for sure because I've held it. There are actually some Versamax tacticals in this country chambered in three and a half. Oh, interesting. So the, the the three and a half gets you to seven in the tube instead of uh, instead of six. Right. Um, so you end up with nine total, right? You get the gold yeah. eight in the chamber nine. Yeah, which isn't that much of an advantage. That extra one in the tube. And the reason why I say that is I'm quad loading and dual loading. 
So mm-hmm. most of the time, I'm I, I'm I'm trying to count in evens. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I have like an odd number in the shotgun, that's you know it's it's not as big of an advantage having that uh, that one extra. So six or seven, you know, tomato tomato, same thing so to me. The the Versamax tactical is ready out of the box. So is the JM Pro ready out of the box. Fiber optic sights on both of these, extended controls on both of these, uh, and cheaper than the Beretta, mm-hmm. and you don't have to do work to them. Yeah, the I'd love I, you to know, send you, you mine. You've got the JM nine. So the the reason why I'm I'm hesitant around the JM is someone from my club got the JM nine thirty Pro and he's had nothing but problems with it, like like reliability issues with it. So uh, it's it's feeding, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he needs to take the kink out of the spring because when they assemble them, uh, did he get it from Iron Guns and he's got the wooden dowel glued into the plug or glued oh, into um, the extension tube? I'm not. I'm not sure where he got his. No, I. I know another guy here. Same thing. He had feeding issues. You disassemble the magazine tube. You cut a little bit off that wooden dowel because it's longer than it needs to be. It has to hold. You set it up so it will take five and a half to five and three quarter three inch shells. There was a terrible kink in my spring. Took the kink out, and then take the barrel clamp that holds the tube to the barrel. Remove that. Put it in the garbage and move on with your life. No more feeding issues. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm in the market for a for a, a new semi-auto three-gun shotgun. Anyway, something that doesn't have a 28-inch barrel with no barrels in the country that could be possibly be shorter because yeah. 28s just too long. I, I was doing a, a VTAC uh, drill, which is like this plywood with holes in it, and you got to move your shotgun in and out. And uh, shorter is just handier. It's uh, you're a little bit closer, so you can see a little bit more through those uh, through those slots. And uh, is cutting it and getting it threaded for chokes an option? Did you check no. with taste? No. Yeah, I too tried. Thin? I checked with. I checked with everyone. Yeah, it's too thin. All I know right. that um, uh, tactical ordnance will do the uh, uh, the Versamaxes. Yeah, they'll they they'll cut max. those down. Yeah, but when and they, they actually do. have a they have a Versamax that's fully kitted out uh, with everything for like two grand, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not just a Versamax with parts on it. That's Versamax with parts on it and work done to the loading port and all the other things, right? So I was thinking about that and I was looking at some of the other ones. I don't know. So I'm that still uh, the way to go. Well, yeah. two grand. I mean, the JM pro was under a thousand. Mm-hmm. How much was the one that you got? Um, well, I bought it secondhand, so I got it a little less, but they were like something like nine eighty at I run guns at the time. Mm. Bolivar's got one. Uh, he got his through I run guns. The guy in my club here got his through I run guns. This one came from I run guns. And uh, just a little point of interest, when Iron Guns was first sending them out, I know two people who got them full capacity. Forgot to uh, forgot yeah. to plug the, the tube. <laughs> yeah. So. Interesting. Um, well, another option, Adriel, if you want three and a half, is to get the Versamax synthetic, the one that has the Hogue overlay on the on the black plastic with the rubber cushion on the buttstock, and it comes in a twenty six inch. So that's what my f- primary three-gun shotgun it's built off of so i'm running around with a 26 inch barrel yeah a couple of my buddies have those and they're they're running the 28s but though like you can send those barrels off to uh to to get chopped and uh, uh threaded for that uh, i think they use the uh the, the very remington, remington no, choke or the thin yeah, wall the thin it, wall choke it's not even a remington choke it's um well the one that casey's doing is some other obscure choke and so some people are just opting to if they got a 26, they're living with it because the chokes are, I guess he has them, but they're not a REM choke. They're not a Versamax because the Versamax the choke. The Versamax uses some other weird thing too, it right? Does. It uses Probor. Yes. Yeah. 
It's not, uh, I'm not sure if it's probor that sounds correct, but it's certainly not a rem choke. It's its own choke yeah. or a different so, line I mean, that, of chokes. And that, that one's not even that much better. I looked at Cabela's and it's like they have one aftermarket rem choke that's, uh, or not rem choke, uh, probor choke. Uh, so it's not like it's not like there's a lot of uh, availability out there, anyways. For those, I mean, like ideally you just game with uh, five. Yeah, you just you just get your five and you, and you run with those. But uh, um, yeah, anyway, so that's that's what I'm looking at right now. I've actually got a Versamax uh, sitting next to me here uh, that I'm uh, that I'm testing out for my website. So I'm going to take that in con- into consideration, and then I don't know, buy a different shotgun here coming up. Maybe the Versamax. Maybe the Versamax, yeah. maybe the Beretta thirteen oh one, maybe a Benelli M two. <laughs> I'm I'm trolling CGN hard right now. There's not a lot of these that get sold. I mean, you, you think about shotguns and, and hunting. Uh, why buy a two thousand uh, dollar shotgun when you can get one for three hundred dollars or four hundred, like a pump, right. right? So I mean, there's they're they're not that popular of an option. Uh, so there's just not a lot of those high end semi auto shotguns that uh, uh, that are great for three gun. If you were closer. Then I'd be like, yeah, take it for a week, you know, and I would know it wouldn't be too far out of my reach. I just haven't put enough time on it yet to. Mm-hmm. to Can I borrow it? No, <laughs> no even, even you're too far e- away. Yeah, because I will mail it to Adriel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Where'd that shotgun go? I need, I need to use it for a match. Oh, uh, it's in uh, Alberta. Be at least two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's another guy at my club I, uh, that has one. I should probably just ask him for it, and he'll uh, he'll he'll probably loan it to me. I mean, that's. It's uh, it, it's pretty easy. Just but tell I, him who you are. Doesn't he know who you are? <laughs> and he'll buy you a sub. Probably. Here's the thing. I want to put more go. time. I want to put more time on the on the Mossberg because I'm probably going to switch. Because I agree with you, that one extra round, not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So I give up the extra round to get more reliability because I've had situations where I had failures to chamber, but I solved that problem. That was a lifter problem and a radius of the chamber problem. I, repl- I radius the chamber, I replace the lifter, but I'm having an issue every once in a while where the lifter doesn't want to lift the shell. It drags, something is dragging and binding in my in my uh, trigger group, and it's causing the shell to not, I mean, literally, it's just, you'd literally just, just tap tap the lifter with your finger underneath the receiver, and, it, and, it's, and it it's done. It goes, but it shouldn't be happening. I don't know if it's a weak spring or what. I need to, I need to look into it, but I just... I love that Mossberg's couple of times that I've had it out, so I could see um, myself switching to that for the season. For for the for your lifter there, so is it um, is that just happening when you like? Is it the case that you're pulling the trigger on an empty chamber and the shell is on the lifter, but the lifter didn't lift up when it, when it was firing, kind of a thing? Does it happen like, mid-string? Yeah, like the, it, it 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 extracts and ejects, mm-hmm. and then stalls on the way up to chamber the next round. But the it's the bolt's closing, right? On a, yeah, on it's, it's, yeah, it's on its way. It's it's on its way to chamber around. Because what it might be like if if your potentially your bolt's not going all the way back, it's going back enough to to fire a shell in there, and uh, it's not uh, it's not like resetting that that uh, that lifter and telling the lifter to you know hey I got there's the a lifter, shell in here now. The lifter has a shell on it, and it's on mm-hmm. its way to lift it to chamber it, but just stops short. And the the bolt goes forward. The, the reason no, why the I'm bolt doesn't this. go forward. The bolt doesn't. Oh, go forward. I see. Oh, okay. Well, no, because as I said, all I have to do is tap yeah. the lifter, and it chambers the round. Yeah, that's something different. Yeah, hmm. it's almost like a weak lifter spring would be what would knowing 
the little bit that I know, it seems that's that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, it just seems it's, like it's if semi-auto the, shotguns are so weird. I mean, you you spend a grand on on uh, a semi-auto shotgun where a pump is like two three hundred bucks, and you expect that it would be reliable for a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks, and mm. it's just so disappointing that there's <laughs> so many issues. I mean, you don't even like okay, let's you go for the two thousand dollar Benelli, and there's still something like there's uh, such a thing as a Benelli click where you're you're pulling the trigger on an empty chamber, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. Browning got it right the first time. But it's the ugliest looking shotgun there is. <laughs> the auto five. That would be hilarious to run a, a three gun match with an auto five. <laughs> you know, running all my go go fast gear with uh, shell carriers and a and a, a, a blinged out white AR and all and then and a stainless uh, pistol and and then I've got a a Browning auto five for a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, and it would work. Yeah, at least at least it would work there, right? Yeah. But uh, anyways, that was uh, sorry. I've I've took too much time there. That was uh, that was my weekend guns, Kelly. Uh, so what I've done is uh, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Your stock is in the mail. Yep, and uh, I'll send you a picture later of my legs. Start. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was psychological. It really uh, was. You think so? I do. Uh, yeah, psychological. I, I can't grow hair back until I get that stock. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like, I would just like, will it to stay inside the little pores? Yes. Yeah, but no, it's on its way. Um, so. And... Oh, I know. I checked the uh, tracking number this morning. Okay. Apparently, so... it's not coming until you, you shipped it on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and it's not going to arrive till like the next Thursday. I'm not in a Calowitz. Yeah. Yeah, but you're in the middle of nowhere, New Brunswick. Everywhere in New Brunswick is the middle of nowhere. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, the other thing that I did was on Saturday, uh, the directors from Project Maple Seed, we all convened in Kingston because it's basically the midpoint for all of us. We're either in uh, Ontario or, or Quebec. Uh, we ran through the course of fire. And uh, yeah, Adriel, you said it was minus 20. It was minus 20 here too. It was freaking freezing. Uh, we were doing um, some shooting in the morning. We shot the... Uh, the MQTs or the Maple C qualifying tests. And we also did some mad minutes. And as we were shooting them, we all had uh, uh, our megs not feeding, not dropping out cleanly or anything like that. So we went through basically the same thing that shooters are going to have on the line, but uh, we were doing it with, uh, you know, fingers that weren't working and, and not because of the fact it was so cold. Uh, one part, we, we went into the clubhouse just to warm up a little bit. Uh, and to try and warm up our mag- magazines because of the fact they were not feeding, they weren't feeding um, any of the uh, cartridges the ten, either. The, the ten twenty two mags. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's a, ro- it's a rotary it's mag, a ro- right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they, yeah, we so we weren't having jams, or we weren't having the cartridges feed because of the fact they were they were freezing. So we went into the clubhouse and uh, we were there and uh, yeah, we were scoring some of the targets and that. And there was a, a couple of guys that were in the indoor range uh, sitting out in the, uh, the um, more of the social area of the clubhouse and they're going, hey, what are you doing? And so I went over and I said to them, well, we're, we're looking at our targets. We're just running through them. Uh, we're bringing a marksmanship program to, to Canada. And he goes, you mean maple seed? And I went, freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's another guy there, and he goes, "What's what's that?" And uh, so the guy started explaining it to him. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So Maple Seeds getting out there. Apparently, he says, "Yeah, it's all over the the uh, the internet and Facebook." So, which was 
pretty awesome. Um, one of the other things that we did was we wanted to shoot the Mad Minute target. I don't know. Did you guys have a chance to look at those at all? No. Okay. All right. Did you remember when we did like the mini apple seed in yep. Fredericton? No. Yeah. Restigush. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Restigush. Close um, enough. Close enough. Uh, so when we did the uh, the mini apple seed in Restigush, you guys did a. Did you do a red coat as well? It's the silhouettes target. I don't think so. No, no. I have no? some here. I know what it looks like. And no, we just okay. did the uh, get warmed up on the little square and. Uh, and then we her. did. Yeah. Well, and then we fight with your sling. Yeah. So much fun. <laughs> Try yes. and sit down and kneel over or something else. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? Oh my god! Because it's you're Worse not used than to dinner it. with my parents. That's really uncomfortable. It is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we ha- we have these Mad Minutes, and they're based on um, they're based on the silhouette uh, from um, pre World War One. It's a Canadian thing. Anyways, we we did it up, and uh, it's a target that is quite similar to the Redco target that Appleseed uses. It's scaled. There's five different targets on it, and it's scaled from 100, 200, 300, 400, and 500 meters, and obviously in progressing. So you take 15 shots, or you have, yeah, 15 shots, and you have a minute to do it, and it's three uh, shots or three rounds per target. And your object is to get all the shots off and uh, have and clean the target. So we, uh, we, we actually scaled the targets a little bit more, uh, so it's more real. It, it's actually a good target. So a couple of us shot that. Um, there was one person that cleaned it, and the others didn't. So guess who the one person was? I don't know. Me. Yeah. Was it you? I was going to guess you. <laughs> yeah, I, I already gonna... knew. Yeah, yes. so did I. So it meant basically that it's hard, but it's not hard enough that people can't do it as well. And that's that's what we're looking for. Uh, what else did I do? Oh, yeah. So, maple seed. I know we're, I'm talking a lot about maple seed, but, Adriel, you asked about a couple of things. Yeah, um, you know, I, I've actually had uh, I've had people ask me uh, on my website, on Reddit, and uh, a couple of other places about, about maple seed. So, I know that uh, there's a lot of interest for it. Like you mentioned, I mean, um, you guys are, are, are still, like, gearing up here, but you've already got yeah. people from your club who know about it and, and, and probably... Yeah are interested in it, right? Yeah. So there's, as I said, our Facebook group, we were in a closed group and within a month we are now at over 1300 members. So we're switching on Monday to a public page and we're going to send everybody that's on the closed group. We're going to send them invites to go over to that. Um, One reason that we're switching is it's going to be easier to keep track of people, but also for people to find things too and to find us on Facebook too. Um, but we are releasing shoot dates. I wanted to let everybody know that, uh, well, we're recording on a Thursday, but on a Friday, uh, we're releasing it to people who are members. And then there are people who sign up on the website. We'll be releasing it to them the next day, and then it goes out to the public after that. So any of the shoots uh, that are in Ontario right now, we're going to be releasing those um March the 17th, which is today, technically, since we're recording. Anyways, but so we got uh, several shoots confirmed in Ontario. We have Ottawa, we have Picton, Bancroft, Stony Lake, and Barrie. Um, And then we have, we're going to go across the country, but remember, there's only five of us right now. And uh, so we have um, 
we have a shoot confirmed in Fredericton, New Brunswick in the fall. And then we also have some out west. We're currently talking to people in Alberta and Saskatchewan. And uh, But people, if you want to know updates, you can go to the um, website. So go to rifleman, or mapleseedrifleman.com uh, and sign up there and then you'll get updates for that. And that's everything about the shoots, I guess. Yeah, so it's... It's really awesome. There's a lot of interest in it. So I just want to say thanks to everybody for being so supportive and positive. Thanks to you and your crew for spearheading this. I mean, you guys have been working really closely with Appleseed yeah. to develop and launch this in Canada. Like, you're it. You guys are the ones that have started this thing. Like, it started with you guys. And hopefully, we're going to watch it grow and expand just like Maple or Appleseed has. I used to call Mapleseed Appleseed. Now I'm calling Appleseed Mapleseed. I'm <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid. It's working. It is. Yeah. So hopefully, like, in 20 years, you'll be just stepped back and handed it off to somebody else and just, you know, hey, I helped plant the seed. I'm hoping it's going to be less happen. I'm hoping it's going to be than less 20. than 20 years. It could be. <laughs> it could be. <clears throat> well, it'll slow down. It'll slow yeah, down well. once it's spread. You get coordinators in every province and stuff like Absolutely. that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, and, yeah, I think it's at the point where um, it can take, it's taken on a life of its own, but it can, it's going to basically explode. We're seeing it explode, but we yeah, there's with the fact that there's only five of us who are instructors right now, um, it does limit it a little bit. And once we get the instructor uh, cadre up and fully functioning and running, and as you said, people in different provinces, uh, just yeah, it's going to, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be good. My suggestion? Yeah, sure. Try, try and keep it its own thing as independent from other orgs as yeah. long as possible. If yeah. you start falling under the umbrella of the Ontario Rifle Association or yeah. the Royal New Brunswick Rifle Association, then their agendas and their politics start to get involved. And yeah. I don't think that you need them. No, you, can, we, you know, yeah, we're absolutely going to. We do have we do have to get sponsorship, and the the reason why is Canada is a huge country, and in order for us to get across it, we do need a little bit of sponsorship. We also need it with you know, for example, you shoots and 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 not uh, to subsidize the cost for the kids. And we're also looking at supplying ammo and, and all that. So we are getting sponsors, but absolutely we're apolitical and we're nonpartisan. Like, uh, you know, sponsors can sponsor us, but absolutely we are not going to be linked to any anybody in particular because we want it open to everybody. And, uh, and yeah, so that's one of the decisions that we had. And I think it's awesome. a good one. Yeah, yeah. cool. All right. What else you got? That's it. That's it for me. That's it. All right, cool. Let's jump into upcoming events. Uh, I'll take the first one. The 7th Annual Canadian Podcasters Charity Shoot will take place on Saturday, July 8th at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club in Guelph, Ontario. It's going to be jointly hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. This year's charity is Many Two Ones. Go to many-two-one.org for more information about that charity. There will also be some upcoming little side bets and things. I know that there's something about me shooting an SKS in the dress and Jay Hines shaving a beard, and I don't even know what's going on anymore. Uh, Mr. Uzi's going to send the SKS to me or bring it there or something. Yep. And um, we're going to uh, auction off, raffle off the SKS is what we're going to do. And I think Adriel said he would take care of that raffle, didn't he, guys? Yeah, I think he said that. 
Yeah, he did one. He did the last one. He was awesome at it, right? So he did so good. Oh, no. He made himself irreplaceable. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> he talked himself into a job by being good at it. So nah. um, I'll, I'll suck this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do the dishes. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Never been asked again. So. <laughs> Um, and then the uh, pistol course that uh, Ferlacci is putting on in Alberta. Uh, Matthew, correct? There are still four spots available for day one, and day correct. two is still sold out? Correct. All right. So the date for day one is July 15th. These spots should move, guys. Um, even if you can't get into – if you want both days, I don't know. We'll put you on a wait list. Maybe we'll squeeze you in. Like if you're like, I'll only come if I can get both days. We'll try and figure out a, wor- a way to work with you. Uh, email uh, Matthew, myself, or just send an email to Slamfire Radio if you want to register or you have any questions. Um, registration form. I looked at it again today. I want to include some information on it about uh, gear. Didn't we get some questions about how much ammo do I need or something like that? Yeah, something like that. All right. We're also looking at doing a Slamfire Radio pub night in Edmonton on Thursday because by Friday we're we're already going to be on our way out to the course location which is uh, not Pontiac. Where are we going again? Bonneville. Bonneville. (laughs) Close enough. I knew it was a car. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so if you're interested in the pub night uh, let us know. Otherwise, you know, it'll just be Adriel and Matthew and I sitting in a pub. So that'll be fun. But not, be fun. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to record bad. the uh, we'll have to record the show. <gasps> and That's then a brilliant idea. From oh, I thought you were going to say or pub. record at the show or record at the at the pub. Mm. I don't think we should record at a pub. Mm, uh, no, actually, you know, I way too definitely in the think car. we should definitely record at a pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll work. We'll work about that detail later. Yeah. Um. Okay. Who's uh, Who's got the next one? I was just kind of rambling on there. Somebody uh, want to take the I next can one? Take it. All so, right. Got your six charity shoot. It's the second annual Precision Rifle Competition. It is July twenty second and twenty third. It's in Edson, Alberta, and funds raised go towards the War Horse Awareness Foundation. So Ooh. you can go to gotyoursixshoot.com uh, for information to register as well. Excellent. Thank you. Matthew, will you take the next one? Sure. It's the uh, second annual Ronnie DeGroote Steel Challenge at the Rusty Goose Gun Club. It's June 3rd. Starts at 10. It's 20 bucks. You need at least 250 rounds. Uh, it's going to be steel challenge stages and shoot-off competitions. And if it's anything like last year, you do not want to miss it. It was a ton of fun. And somebody got dumped. I mean, it's just you know, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, what? Well, he got dumped yeah. again. Never mind. That's not appropriate. Really? For the show. That's hilarious. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. All it right. is hilarious. Yeah. I hope she listens. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we still like you, by the way. Even oh, though we him. like you. It's just none of your girlfriends do, apparently. <laughs> I was talking to her. Huh? I was talking to her. Oh, uh, well, sorry, Fred. She's still fine. Yeah, oh, Fred, I said Fred. his name out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like he used his nickname, so you know. I know. Uh, he's a good guy. He's such a nice guy. He's a wonderful guy. I just don't know why he keeps getting dumped. Anyway, um, Caps use of force. He's going to kill us. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he was, well, he's oh, going to west. He's going to kill gonna, you guys. You're right. A, <laughs> but safe. I wish you had said something because he's on his way to Alberta, so you'd be first. Yeah. So maybe he's well, going to buy Well, you can be first up. anyway. I will wisely keep my mouth shut. There you go. Yeah. He grabbed me once. Once. <laughs> Enough. Yeah. So, uh, Caps Use of Force training. Guys, what's going on? Nobody's signing up. Listen, I know you all want to learn to shoot your gun, but you can learn that anywhere, anytime almost. Even Matthew and I can teach you that. This is what to do, what to say, 
when to say it. This is way more important than knowing how to shoot. If you were involved in a self-defense shooting in Canada, you're going to regret not having this training. This is what it's all about. This is the legality. This is knowing the laws that apply in a self-defense shooting situation. Caps use of force. Go to Dave's website. Look at the man's credentials. He's been doing this longer than even I think I've been alive. Well, that's a stretch for sure, Matthew. <laughs> anyway, he's, he's our Masada Yub. If there was a comparison to be made, that is it. It's 400 bucks plus applicable government theft. It's uh, October 14th and 15th, so it's two days training in the uh, beautiful town of Dalhousie, New Brunswick. And, if I, and by beautiful, I mean it's a lot like Flint, Michigan. Go to capstraining.com forward slash sign up to register today. 15 seats, and there's already uh, three gone. So, guys, if you ever consider the possibility that you may uh, use a firearm in self-defense, you really should take this class before you give that any more thought. Uh, if, I can, uh, if I can just jump in there for a second, Trevor, um, uh, they were just asking that uh, they've got a CAPS train that's going to be in Grand Prairie on June yes. 28th and 29th. Uh, yeah. So for our Alberta listeners, uh, or even if you're in northern BC, it's it's not too far of a jaunt over to Grand Prairie. Um, they need to get 10 people minimum before April 28th or it'll be cancelled. Uh, so if you're looking at getting, again, that, uh, uh, that training for what you do if you're in a, a self-defense shooting incident... Uh, Grand Prairie, June 28th and 29th, and that's that CAPS training again. Are you going? I Well, as soon as I saw it there, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if Will and, uh, and my buddy Sean will go up with me. So <laughs> I could maybe we'll make a road trip. <laughs> yeah, you should go. I could definitely see Will going. Yeah. And then uh, it'd be great to come on and uh, and share the experience. Yeah. Well, so. those, guys, uh, those guys do some really great uh, three-gun matches out in Grand Prairie as well. So I might... Uh, I might try to like double up and and uh, and try to get uh, it's both two days two days of training. How are you gonna? Oh, I'm not gonna be able to squeeze them no. both in. Then. Yeah, no. but Grand Prairie is like a five hour drive, so it's not it's not too bad from here. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I travel further than that for Ipsic matches, which I will be doing at the end of the month. Though, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, how about uh, let's work backwards? Do you want the tactical shotgun course? Did you put that in? Uh, yeah, I'll run. I'll run the that one in the Calgary one as well. Go here. for it. Uh, there's going to be a tactical shotgun course in Edmonton. This is tactical yoga. Uh, it'll be just north of Edmonton, March 18th and 19th. More information at tacticalyoga.ca. Uh, the next one we have here is, this is coming up pretty quick here. The Calgary Shooting Center is running a uh, range safety trauma course on March 18th and 19th. And the next one they're going to be having is a dynamic pistol one course, March 25th and 26th. So if you don't train there, essentially... Anybody? You're a poorly trained communist. Uh, who deserves a Mosin? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, I'm going to get hate mail right. for that. Well, I wanted to just round, wrap it up and grab this sure. last one here. Uh, this last one is the BTSA, the Buffalo Target Shooters Association. Uh, they've got a young guns shoot uh, in Calgary at the Sibold Flats uh, shooting range. Uh, they'll be. Uh, this is an April 22nd shoot. Uh, they're also going to have an, a pumpkin shoot October 22nd. And a turkey shoot September 30th, and finally a snowshoe shoot on December 31st. Uh, contact Nick uh, Nick Louis or sign up on Facebook and, and just uh, take a look for the uh, for that event at the uh, BTSA website. Cool. All right. Uh, I take it some of these are your news items, Adriel. 
Yeah, so like I've been doing, I, I just kind of troll CGN and I see kind of what's up and uh, and what's new in uh, in Canada. Don't need to justify it; just cover it. All right. <laughs> uh, the Calgary Shooting Center is bringing in the Sphinx three thousand pistols. These are uh, uh, take on, takes on the yeah. They're a shadow clone, except better. Would you consider them better? Man, the, I don't the know. Three thousand is 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 definitely pricier. So I, I would think that it actually, uh, sorry, I'd I'd say it's more of a Tanfoglio clone. Looking at yes, the lines, yes. Looking at the squared off trigger guard, it's definitely a Tanfoglio clone. However, the Tanfoglio is a clone of the CZ. So yes. So if you're if you're into your um, CZ shadows and you're looking at the shadow too, you might want to look at one of the Sphinx three thousands. Calgary Shooting Center is bringing in, bringing in those. Uh, the next one, I, I kind of put this one in in here for you, Trevor. I'm not sure if you've got a side rail or what are you what you're running for optics on your uh, VZ58. But Spectre Ballistics is making a new rail. Apparently, they uh, uh, it the the oh, what do you call it? eye relief is better on this one. Uh, so it sits nice and low, and the eye relief is uh, is a little bit better for uh, for optics. Um, well, I'm, I'm looking at the at the link here, and all I'm seeing is the receiver rail. Yeah, the side rail on the uh, on the receiver for optics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and then they have, um, yeah, no, that's the that's the rail that I have. I've never gone with uh, an optic there. Um, I actually like the sight picture of the optic up on the handguard in front uh, of the uh, uh, yeah, in front of the action, not not in back of the action. Um, but yeah, this is this. These have been around for a while, and there's a whole new series of mounts that go on to this receiver-mounted rail. If you go to Zoll, mm-hmm. Zoll has new generations of, uh, of mounts that uh, they, they're so low, they're just hugging the, uh, the uh, dust guard. And so you used to have them quite a bit higher than the dust guard, so you could actually see your sights underneath it, and you needed an extended cheek riser on the stock, uh, just chin weld or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm all about keep it simple. You've, here you've got a mount a rail screwed into the receiver. So there's two points of contact that could loosen. Then you have a optic mount clamped onto the side of that. There's something else that could move and go loose. Then you have the optic on the rail on the mount. Too many, too many, too many moving parts in the equation for this kid. I just mount it straight to the rail that's built into the handguard that's on the front. I, I, I kiss him. Kiss principle for me. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one we have on here is uh, uh, Cross. Uh, they're, um, I think, a new manufacturer here. I just saw them pop up on CGN again uh, earlier on in the week here. And they've got some 10-round mags that are polymer that join uh, on the bottom. So they're, it's, it's made for Canada, right? Here in Canada, we, we, um, we've got our 10-rounders. We've got our Beowulf mags. These guys mm-hmm. are doing 10-round uh, mags that join at the bottom so that you can run a double... Uh, double R mag, basically. Yeah, they couple together the same way that the LAR mags couple together. Without needing a coupler, though, because some of the LAR mags will take a coupler and they'll work just fine. Some of them won't. Some of them curve. Some of them go straight. I think these things are made to uh, uh, just kind of all in one uh, do a better job of coupling. Uh, so, I don't know. And, Those are out there. The, um, and they're clear, right? So The yeah. downside, the downside yeah. to this system is um, when you do your, it's fast when you do your first mag change. So you come into a shooting position, you take six, eight, ten rounds, whatever, 
And then when you do your first mag change, you actually capture the mag, rotate it, insert it back in the gun, right? Then you mm -hmm. get back to your next shooting position. Okay, so those 20 rounds are done. Dump the mag and go to your belt for another one. Yeah. Well, that mag is landing on the feed lips. And I've yeah. twice I've twice now um, bent feed lips and not discovered it until the next stage. Where That's I the then... disadvantage with the metal ones, right? With the metal or aluminum is that you can bend the feed lips with plastic mm -hmm. ones. That's why... That's why a lot of people really like the uh, P-Mags because it's broken or it's or It's fine. not. That's right. It's, yeah. like a carbon, it's like a carbon arrow. Carbon arrow is either straight or broken. It's not mm -hmm. bent or dinged like an aluminum arrow. Yeah. 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 So, I think so this that's is a the, whole uh, mag. This isn't a coupler. This is two mags coupled together at the factory kind of thing. What is this? How is this different from coupling two LAR mags together? It's not. It's but it's it, they're they're polymer mags that are made to be coupled on the bottom. So they've got gotcha. more streamlined in the middle where that coupling right. is. So this um, is a this is a, a t in, in 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 a sense this is a twenty round mag, ten out of kinda, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure if they sell them as tens or if they sell them like combined with with two. So they got a couple of different ways of combining them. One where it'll go. Uh, straight and one where it'll go curved. So the the mag, like when they're coupled, they'll be curved. So there's a couple of different ways of putting it together to uh, to meet what you want to grab off your belt, I guess. <laughs> I like this because you're right. Being plastic, it stalls the. Uh, you're not going to run. Oh, you get them in black or transparent or smoke. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not crazy about the transparent, but I like the black. So it's I like too, transparent. I, yeah. I would love to just be able to like visually see like, oh yeah, this thing's fully loaded or oh that's like. <laughs> I'm grabbing uh, a mag yeah. that's yeah. half full, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that would some, be great. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to mess around, put your mag feeder on there and your stripper clips and stuff, your mag loader. That's cool. This solves a problem. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go I'm ahead. Just, I'm still looking at this Phoenix pistol, though. I know it was the first thing you, you talked the about. Sphinx? but Sphinx Yeah, pistol? the Sphinx the Sphinx pistol. Um, they're going out of business, though, so you got to wonder, are the parts compatible? No, I thought they went back and I think they the someone else bought them and they're back in business now and these are the first ones coming back i thought that was the case with them. Uh, well, uh, jeff i think it's jeff he wrote as you may know the, the manufacturer of sphinx pistols declared bankruptcy and the factory and contents were sold the new owner has selected calgary shooting center to be their agent in canada okay so they're up and running under yeah, a new name new management so it, it looks like the um the stock two Tanfoglio pistol, but with a shorter sight radius, and it's got a little bit of barrel extended, and a flat face trigger. I wonder if these are on the Ipsic list. Anyway, gorgeous pistol. Uh, yes, I'm I'm pretty sure I saw the Sphinx on there. Mm. It's, I was looking, oh, this would have been last year, but I, I, I more, swear I saw that. Even more of a gaming gun than the Shadow or the uh, Tanfoglio, but at four grand? Yeah. Buy an open gun. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, then you All right, what else you got? Open. <laughs> uh, no. NAS Guns uh, is bringing in this uh, Typhoon F12. So I, I mm -hmm. believe this is um, uh, another Turkish shotgun. I think so. Yeah. Just like just by looking at it, um, it's AR meets space gun uh, magfed shotgun kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of like if if you want a gun that looks way way out there, uh, this one looks way way out there. Uh, skeletonized magwell, um, skeletonized bolt. It's got key mod forend, uh, uh, iron sights, and then I think that's a muzzle Ooh. brake. Yeah, is that a muzzle brake? 
Well, it could Think be. Suppressor. Think suppressor it, is what it yeah, says. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, or it's, angled it's, brake. Oh, it says two two flash hiders, angled brake, and fake suppressor. Huh. I don't think I've seen a brake on uh, a shotgun, shotgun? before. Yeah. As, yeah. Uh, Jerry Mitchellick runs one on one of his open shotguns. It looks like something off of 50 BMG. As far yeah. as um, AR-ish looking shotguns, this is the coolest one. Yeah, it's much uh, the BR99 that I have started it, and then they had the Daria, yeah. and now this. This is the the, the latest. Version. Yeah, and yeah. it also comes in like colored blue colors. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder about magazine interchangeability. Does this have a proprietary uh, well, I mag? Would, I would assume not, because I um, I tested out actually the Actel 1919 version two uh, match which is similar to this one in the skeletonized magwell and whatnot. But uh, I, um, at the range, there was someone with the Duria and someone with the BR-99. The mm-hmm. mags don't interchange between no, any don't. of the three. There's nope. small differences here and there. So um, if you're, if you're going to buy one of these shotguns, make sure that you get the mags for that shotgun and get like Ew. five or six of them. Mm-hmm. They come with two. Mm. Which is not enough for a match at five nope. rounds apiece. Oh, interesting. Because They've got are two rounds for these ones. They've got magazines that are only two round magazines. So I guess you could take it hunting. <laughs> this yeah. is like the, the the listeners can't see this, but yeah, these are the wildest looking shotguns. Like you could you could think of like uh, you know Cerakoted, different colors. Like they're super wild looking. So the idea to, of, uh, of of bringing this out duck hunting and, and getting pulled over by. Uh, uh, by the uh, wildlife police would would be uh, would be interesting. <laughs> I love I love the one with the most extended handguard that has the rails on the front of the handguard, so that you can run backup iron sights along mm-hmm. with the red dot. Mm-hmm. If <sighs> Turkish, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Turkish, right? It, it fly by night. Maybe in two years, I can't get parts for it anymore. Uh, yeah, maybe you know, uh, durability is it there? Reliability is it there? longevity nah you know they look cool but you know the mossberg 930 works the versa max works um the banana mag work. fed though this one's mag fed right mag fed with five rounds yeah the other okay. one you can you yep. know you can put up to nine in your shotgun so mag fed doesn't really appeal to me especially one i'm limited in capacity and two there's question questionable reliability with mag fed shotguns yeah but if it works and you have to shoot 10 rounds isn't a mag two fives better than nine and then one more if it works mm-hmm. you can get pretty like the the training there to if you're untrained the mag's going to be faster if you're trained the uh, just flying them in is going to be faster but uh, if you don't like uh, mag-fed shotguns, well, CRAFM. Is it CRAFM? C-R-A-F-M? Yeah, it's, uh, the, uh, it's the acronym for the name for the shooting club and store in Montreal. Yep. CRAF. Yeah, they're, they're bringing in the Benelli M2 Terran Tactical Edition. So I, I mentioned that I was looking for a new uh, three-gun oh, shotgun. Oh, oh, oh. This one won't yeah. be it. <laughs> Just p- this for the pure reason. <laughs> it's almost five thousand. Could that be the reason? <laughs> it's but it's a beautiful out of gun. My budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Benelli, so you know there's reliability and it's beautiful, but it's also yeah. five thousand dollars. Yeah, this there, is uh, the, this is the the indie car of shotguns. Like this sucker is it even comes stippled? Yep. Darren <laughs> Tactical. Yeah, she's all done up and ready to go. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's got a lightened that. bolt. It's got all the go fast parts on it. It's yeah, everything. Opened up feeding port. Mm-hmm. Even has a match saver on it. Everything. And mat- match savers, I'll have you know, John Wick has taught us aren't just for the three gun world. I swear, parts. Does he use that. a new one in in John, John Wick too? Does he use a match <laughs> saver? I he does seen it a speed load on a guy's chest. He does a he uses a match saver to shoot a guy. Like I swear the 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 scene, and I don't want to put too many spoilers out there for people that live in a. Under, does he kill his dog, or did they kill his dog? That's all I want to know. I'm not saying nothing about the dog, but there are parts <laughs> of this movie. That I can't are, watch it if they kill a dog. They don't Sorry. kill the dog. There are parts <laughs> okay. of this movie that are literally like watching a three gun stage. All that training that we watched. Uh, yeah, on the YouTube video. That yeah, he put out? yeah, 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 yeah. All that training that he was doing, shooting three gun, makes it yep. right into the movie. It's awesome. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna watch that one. Um, anyway, so <laughs> if if you uh, if money is no object and you want the best shotgun for uh, for three gun, there's your there's your shotgun right off the shelf. It's actually gonna make you a better shooter. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. You can buy points with this gun. <laughs> well. You won't run a, like jamming probably won't be as much an issue with some of the cheaper semi-auto shotguns. Now you say that, but the, uh, I've seen Benelli's jam in three gun matches more than anything else. Actually. Yeah. It's semi school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, that's that one. Um, there might be a little bit of home gunsmithing involved in those guns though. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's like, I mean, that's the, that's the case really, because a lot of these, uh, uh, a lot of the M2s in Canada here, they they do end up getting worked over. There's not a lot of people who are bringing in, uh, like Benelli has their performance shop M2s. I have yet to see one uh, here in Canada. So I think yeah. they're uh, they're they're not. They don't want to limit them. Maybe I don't know. Well, no, this one came in anyway. All right. No, there's just there's just not a lot out here. Right. Uh, anyways, I'll, I'll I'll keep going here. Yeah. Uh, take the next on. one is uh, uh, is just a news uh, item here. Wanted man carrying loaded rifle arrested on Alberta highway. Uh, an off-duty Edmonton police officer was in full uniform on his way home from work early Wednesday morning when he saw a man walking along the highway carrying a rifle and duffel bag. The Duke RCMP said it happened on Highway 625 near Range Road 232 at 2.59 a.m. So this is not too far from my place, actually. Uh, the EPS officer called RCMP and, and, and stopped the man and arrested him. Uh, he was transferred to Leduke RCMP and taken to hospital where he was assessed and discharged. Uh, RCMP identified the man and determined that he was wanted on a warrant out of Edmonton. Uh, they seized the loaded SKS rifle as well as a loaded Marlin rifle, ammunition, and a bow that were in the duffel bag. RCMP said some of the items were stolen, included the Marlin rifle. It had been report- reported stolen from a vehicle in Leduc on January 24th. They go forward to say the man's name. Of Edmonton has been charged with several offenses, including possession of property obtained by crime, resisting arrest, two counts of careless use or uh, or storage of a firearm and two counts of unauthorized possession of a firearm. Why'd they get let this guy go after they checked him out of the hospital? Doesn't it seem weird? Doesn't it seem weird to you guys that someone's got a warrant and they've he's got he's like walking down the highway with a bunch of guns and did they, they, they did they check the hospital? did they check for warrants after they let him go or something? Like the hospital is not going to sure. check for warrants. No, he was assessed. Maybe he was just did- no, no, no. Yeah, he's maybe just discharge from the hospital. Discharge from the hospital. It's called uh, bad report writing. Oh, it's just That's, bad yeah. reporting. Reporter. Uh, yeah. yeah. What? Report that never happens. Comprehension. <clears throat> yeah. No, no, not with government. No. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the picture here, and naturally the SKS is all tapcoed up. Of course it is. A couple of tapco duckbill mags here. Now I'm sure they're pinned to five. Of course they uh, are. 
the Canada. stock taken off the Merlin to make it more concealable in the duffel bag, and a takedown recurve bow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just a smorgasbord of uh, collections for yeah. someone who's got warrants out there, right? Yeah, a lever action, an SKS, and a takedown recurve bow. This guy is... Uh, Eclectic? Well, he's a FUD. He's <laughs> <laughs> so. a FUD criminal. Yeah, he's a fuddy criminal. Oh, so funny. I never heard my gunsmith use the word FUD before, right? So he's got the IWI X95 Tavor in stock, and he's got that double barrel, double magazine tube pump action shotgun. And he's like, man, the FUDs are coming out in droves. I've never seen so many FUD customers in all my life. <laughs> Every time the FUDs come in, they're like, what do you need that for? You don't need to hunt with that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That was awesome. You get two shells on the ducks. Come on. It's a sh- yeah. <laughs> Tell me what I... How does that work? Because it, it yeah. it's basically it? semi-auto. Pump, you get two. Two presses the trigger. Bang, bang. No, I'm kind thinking of a like pump for, uh, for waterfowl. It's... it's uh, you're actually going to give this thought. You're going to try... No, and yeah, you're out. right, Adrian. You put one in each chamber and then have one extra. So it's going to be bang, bang, pump, bang. <laughs> yeah. Reload. Weird. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, we're all dumber for having listened to you guys work that out. No, I we're all a little no smarter. I, I, award, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. It doesn't matter. The points don't matter. <laughs> That's right. The points are made up. Yes, they are. Thank you, Drew uh, Carey. Okay. All right. Kelly? Yes? Do you, do you, are you doing this right now? Yes. Okay, go ahead then. Do what? <laughs> you were just ready to move us forward at your pace. I was, I was, yeah, I, I, was, just, I was, I was, I was holding back, but I, yeah, yeah poorly. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, Kelly says let's move on. We're moving on. Our guest tonight is well known in the Canadian firearms community. Tactical teacher, aka Hungry, is renowned for his ability to work magic on Narinko M305s, as well as training for CQB. We welcome to the show Barney. Hello, folks. How are you? Pretty good yourself. Hi. Everything about the is a great day, folks. <laughs> exactly. As long as you're on this side of the green, you're doing fine. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Uh, Barney, uh, um, how'd you get into firearms, gunsmithing, shooting competitively? How'd you get into all this stuff? Well, you know what? It all started out when I was... Um, I started shooting competitively at Sharon Gun Club back in the middle 80s. And I had a great coach who uh, took me under his wing and he introduced me to service rifle with M14s, M1As, M1 Garands. And at that time, we had um, lever and millarm and all sorts of other importers bringing in these Israeli M14 rifles for $400. And um, I had two kids in diapers. And my wife said to me, you're only allowed to have one gun in the lockup at any one time, one gun. And I said, well, one one M14 it's going to be, but can I like buy and sell and have a new gun every month in that lockup? And she said, yeah, fill your boots. So after competing seriously and not being able to afford a gunsmith, I tuned all my own M14s and repeatedly sold them off to other people. I would win with a match and some people would say, make me an offer and they'd, Take away my M14. I have to go buy another one. <laughs> and, so in, in the space of 12 months, I had about eight to 10 rifles under my uh, my tutelage there. And uh, I got very good at this stuff, and my rifles started winning. And from then on, I just started, thought, 
I'm a high school teacher or was a high school teacher for 30 years, and I found more fun in showing people how to tune these babies. Yeah, well, and I'm currently a high school teacher, and I know where you're coming from because the people who show up to learn to how to tune them, they want to be there. Yes. <laughs> they're the best students, don't you find? <laughs> and you can, they're the best students. They even laugh at all your recycled jokes. Exactly. <laughs> and, when <laughs> those, like. and when those students bring a gun to class, it's okay. Oh, you love this one. We were in Calgary last September 10th at the shooting edge, and I don't have a large vice that I could bring across the country with me. So, like, I approached a bunch of farmers, and I asked them what they use, and they pointed me towards this Max Trail device that goes into a two-inch receiver. Uh, just like your trailer hitch. And from there, this big vice slides in a two-inch receiver, you pin it in place, and now you have an eight-inch vice right on your bumper hitch. And we were indexing rifles in the parking lot next to a farmer's market. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh my. You can see what's going to happen now. We had all these Birkenstock people holding on to their kids, and we were 14 (laughs) standing out there. (laughs) <laughs> with all these barreled receiver M14s on there and people would just hush as they'd walk by and I'd deliberately start talking about um, anti-piracy machine guns that need to be indexed <laughs> or machine guns for the purpose of close protection for our prime minister, Justin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and people just had a hell of a time trying to stifle their jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh boy! So we can have lots of fun, and that's what these clinics are about. There, you learn, you learn more, and you learn faster when you're laughing. Yeah. So, uh, what, what kind of clinics do you put on right now? Well, uh, the M14s clinics. Um, I'll have about three or four a year, and I also have CQB clinics. Um, we call it Cute Quick Bunnies, for lack of a better uh, acronym. Uh, cute quick bunny competitions as well as uh, precision rifle clinics and matches. The precision rifle matches are all about uh, the DCRA, Dominion of Canada Rifle Association, course of fire. So I promote their matches, running them regionally in base Petawawa, and uh, hopefully a lot of my clients will uh, get the confidence to go out and shoot at the national level in Connaught Ranges, Ottawa. The CQB matches are a series of pistol and carbine combination matches. And, you know, they're happening in Quebec, at Valcartier. They're happening in Abbotsford. They're happening now at Milo Range in, um, outside Calgary. And they're happening also in uh, outside Regina. So this is a game that's happening all across the country. Yeah, the uh, uh, CQB clinic was uh, was one of the first in uh, like firearms instructions I I went to, and and that was the one you did out here in St. Paul. Ooh, what was that? Two years ago? <laughs> one year ago? Fifteen. That was a riot. Yeah, oh, that was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> and well, and really really uh, really propelled my definitely my pistol skill. Like my rifle wasn't uh wasn't terrible before but i was i was really terrible on my pistol and and the amount of trigger time and uh the drilling of the basics that you did in that course was excellent really uh really took me forward well that's the plan it's about using your firearms it's about using your skills not focusing on the hardware Mm -hmm. Uh, but the last clinic well you missed it then you missed the one in milo alberta because we had about half a dozen law enforcement officers there 
Yeah, I didn't make it out to that one. Oh, yeah, and they had more trigger time than they'll ever get in their career. <laughs> <laughs> it's a painful truth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's and and, and it does like that. Uh, both the trigger time and the uh, purposeful practice uh, really, really make a difference. And and well sometimes you, you need an instructor there to uh, you know show you like no, that's don't look up a Google thing of a circle where. You know, you're shooting low and to the left, and the circle says that you're healing it or whatever. No, you're it's it's a flinch. Here's here's what you need to do to solve that, right? <laughs> yes, I like what you mentioned about purposeful practice, <laughs> structured practices is what we call it, as opposed to just sending rounds down range. Yeah, and I course, often refer to the alternative as turning uh, money into noise. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I mean that's that's what I was doing for. I I've owned pistols for uh, like nine years or something like that and i would say for seven of those years i was just sending lead down range not accurately and <laughs> not very not very well uh but you know in the last two years here it's it's been getting considerably better just through in, instruction and uh and, and purposeful practice mm-hmm. we told you you can't get the kickback if you don't mention the class <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't understand no. patronage bernie Listen, I'm I'm going to I'm going to hijack this conversation. Now that you guys you guys are based out of Edmonton or Northern Alberta area, there I am, but these guys aren't. They aren't. Well, here's here's a little plug, and of course, uh, it's been this water under the bridge. But back in 1981, the Edmonton police had no idea that my address was the residence, one of the fourth floor Mackenzie Hall University of Alberta residence. And I had a Browning nine millimeter pistol locked up under my bed. I just wonder how that would go off uh, these days about a pistol being in residence at university. Not well, I can't see that going over well at all. No. <laughs> like it, it, if you owned campus and no one else was there, maybe, and the word university was taken out of the title, mm-hmm. and you just owned a really big compound, it would be fine. Otherwise, no. And that's why I just got to throw this out in the airwaves. You know, hello, Golden Bears. Welcome aboard the Browning 9mm in residence. <laughs> okay, there. Yeah. Hi, Jack's over. Uh, <laughs> well, when it comes to, uh, uh, tell us more. I don't think we've had anyone on to talk much about um, CQB. We've talked about Service Rifle. Um, tell us about CQB and, and kind of uh, why you like it and uh, and what it's all about. Sure. Um Basically, we were having a conversation about how to boost our numbers um, with participants in Service Rifle. Traditionally, Service Rifle is all about having um, all kinds of ex-members of the Canadian Forces come out on their weekends and shoot. That's really the the big market. Well, we thought those fellows don't want to come out on their weekend and get yelled at. There were a few select civilians who were able to pick up the skills and away they went but it wasn't large enough or significant enough. So we set up a course of fire that would remain inside 100 meters, in this case, 50 meters. And it would basically cover the gap. In service rifle, your distances are 100, 200 to 500. You're basically closing in on the enemy in accordance with the role of the infantry to close with and kill the enemy. Well, CQB takes over. What happens now when the infantryman or the soldier is in the building? Now you've got distances down the hallway or in a galley for the Navy types on here or in a communications room for other other branches of the military. What happens when you're 
up close and in tight. How are you going to use your firearm combination? And that's what CQB now brings in. So you have magazine changes. You have snap-style shooting. You have rapid-style shooting. You have advancing, then shooting. And you have skills such as shooting on the move. And then, finally, you have to have shooting with transitions from a primary firearm to a secondary firearm. And that's what the competition of CQB is about. So with snap shooting on the whistle, they'll shoot two shots left and two shots right. And then get ready for the next blow of the whistle. In rapid fire, now you're shooting five shots left and five shots right in 15 seconds. So now you practice the skill of the deliberate snap shooting but in a quicker serial. And you guys, um, those those uh, 10 rounds that you're firing there, you, you, yes. are you using Beowulf mags or Alar mags? Or? Ah, people can, yes is the answer. You can use any mag you want, but you've got to do a magazine change. You've got five and five. No gaming it. Ah, so you're okay. forced to manipulate your magazine. Good. Yeah, excellent. Yes. So we, we don't want people using all 10 rounds. Well, you do, but you know, you've got, still got the magazine changes and a soldiers at first would balk at us. They say, why are you doing the mag change? Well, hold on here. Tell me you're not going to change your magazine somewhere along a firefight in the, the Panjway Valley or Panjway district. By all means, you have to learn how to do mag changes in condition red. Yes. So now we're doing them when everyone would have to do them. Yes. All right. You were forced to do them at five. You're not, we get it, but you're going to have to practice mag changes eventually, so let's do it after five rounds. Surprise, surprise. You get very good at it. So, and <laughs> yeah, now well, they say they say Canadians are, are, are great at changing mags because we've got to do it so often. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, especially with our mitts on, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so, just... uh, what, do you, what do you enjoy about, uh, about shooting CQB? You know what's really a lot of fun? The way we structure the relays. And you know, I've got a witness here on the conversation. When you structure a relay, you've got a safety person. So every shooter has a safety person. Better yet, we've got more safety people than we have shooters on the line at any one time. And your safety people also acts as a surrogate coach. So you've got them telling you how to anticipate the next serial or the next sequence. And it's really a lot of group bonding, camaraderie, and just a lot of socialization. And to me, that's what really brings many people out to the ORA matches we have here at Base Borden. We will have 60 to 70 shooters at every match. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) That's right. It's a lot to cycle through, and it's a lot of fun, too. Mm -hmm. Well, you can can do it when you have have so many people on the line. Yes. Um, What kind of of gear do you need to, uh, to compete in CQB? You know something, in in the spirit of things, we said it's got to be something you would deploy with. Start there. Something a soldier would carry. Something a a special team's officer would wear to -hmm. carry five rifle magazines and two pistol magazines. And once people started catching on, we said, in the spirit of the competition, wear something you would actually deploy with. Something that you could deploy with and go overseas with and something that would work for you under stress. Now, people came up with chest rigs. People came up with vests. People came up with plate carriers. People show up with handmade webbing, something you would see out in the market 
of the Kandahar base, air base, you know, handmade webbing by local Afghan folks. So it runs the whole gamut. And we have all kinds of a variety of rigs. And you can see by the photographs in our after action posts that people wear what works for them and their budget and their game and their comfort level. And awesome. You know, so t- typically you're, you're looking at a, a, an AR-15 for a rifle, but do, do, does anyone pull out like a, an M14 or any other rifles? Goodness gracious. We've had people show up with K-98s. We've had folks show up with <laughs> Lee Enfields. We've had people show up with Garands. People come up with carbine, M1 carbines. Now, salvaging the brass is a bit of a challenge for the M1 carbine. We've had people show up with Chris carbines and uh, Ruger Mini 14s. Everything shows up, and I'm all about inclusion. I've actually seen video of somebody running a CQB very successfully with an SKS. Yes. What's what, Trevor? Trevor, what's wrong with your mic, man? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Now we can hear you. Try that again. Okay. Why don't you ask him again? This time he can hear you. Yeah. Uh, I've actually I've actually seen people run CQB matches quite successfully with SKSs yes. uh, loading from stripper clips. They pull the yes. stripper clip out of the old school pouch and away they go and they're getting they're getting the, the reload done as quickly as a mag change. In 2009 we, we did a clinic in Quebec and these SKS champs had duct tape they had colored duct tape around their stripper clip upper half so they would have four rounds or six rounds depending upon the next course of fire. And they were color coded. These guys were clever, and they yeah. they the, the duct tape covered up the sharp edges or any sharp edges on those stripper clips, and they were wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so props to them. Now, when you have somebody run it with a, a, a VZ fifty eight or a C, CZ uh, yeah eight five eight, are they doing stripper clips or are they changing mags? Um, one fellow was changing mags. One fellow I had in Verdon, Manitoba, last September. And he was having a riot. He, uh, there was another SKS shooter who had those really strange magazines with that long extension on the front end. And he said they were a little annoying and they took up a little bit of space. But boy, was he having a great time. Hmm. And that's what it's about. Sweet. Uh, what, kind of, uh, what kind of pistols are people typically taking out of those? To anything goes kind of a thing? <laughs> We've had everything from uh, PPKs to Walter P38s and PO8s to Brownings to Colt 1911s to Glocks to Smith and Wessons to anything to Asian Ks even a Desert Eagle in a 50 Action Express. <laughs> and he had to do it. He said, "Barney, I have to do it." And then you heard his pistol rounds when they went off. <laughs> I could I could see somebody who was into World War II uh, firearms getting out there with a. Uh, a, a 1911 A1 and uh, a carbine. A carbine. We had lots of them. I even had this one fellow who said, I have to run a Browning 9mm as a tribute, and I've got this airsoft holster. Well, didn't the pistol fall out of the holster during the advance and fire? Oh, <laughs> Whoops. Thankfully, we do not chamber our pistol rounds on the yeah. We don't holster hot. We had a hardcore uh cqb shooter from ontario tim foley come down to our first three gun match yeah tim hey yeah you know tim so so tim gets to a position where he decides not to abandon the shotgun and draw his pistol and he thinks he's going to maintain the shotgun in his weak hand and take his pistol shots with his strong hand 
And of course, killed by his own training, he found it rather difficult to rack the slide on his SIG with a shotgun <laughs> in his hand. <laughs> That's true. You know? yeah. Did he wear a plate carrier? God bless of him. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> yeah, he was there with his Tavor, his M4, Benelli M4, and some kind of SIG thing. You couldn't have a better ambassador for the sport than Tim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's awesome. never been back to three gun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, 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 this is not a confidential conversation. It's, I have to go and stick it to him when I see him at CQB in a month. <laughs> it's just between us and 3,000 of our closest friends. <laughs> okay. Hey, Tim, guess what? <laughs> and that's part of the community building of, that the shooting sports gives. Um, a lot of people don't realize that uh, camaraderie, shooting, um, uh, just having everybody out is a great time. We building community is a, is a greater virtue and a very noble goal. We have had many families come out and shoot CQB in the ORA. We've got wives, we've got daughters, we've got sons coming out, and it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, awesome. Um, well, maybe just to uh, just to switch gears a little bit here. Yeah. Um, M14s. <laughs> so you'd mentioned those uh, those Israeli uh, M14s, and uh, just up up here in Canada, we've also got those Norinco M14s that are very inexpensive. I think you're famous for the phrase uh, "buy buy two, not one." <laughs> nope, buy one, buy two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's back to the future with these Israeli M14 packages because I started out with them back in 1985. So what's that? 30, 32 years later. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they show up and they're here. Yeah, baby. They're back. And, of course, they were the, the gold standard of USGI um, parts kits or USGI parts. And I've been speaking about in my clinics for the last 15 years. Now they're right here. And who's, who's bringing those in? Oh, John Hipwell uh, over at uh, Wolverine Supplies. He approached me for an afternoon. He said, Barney, do I bring in 500 kits or they're bringing 1,500? My answer was yes. <laughs> do I bring the complete set or do I bring partial sets? The answer was yes. <laughs> so, the bottom line is bring everything you get the hands on, John, and go get some more while you're at it. <laughs> I'm willing to bet, though, they were a lot cheaper in the 80s because I've seen some of the prices. And uh, uh, can, can, you, can the price, like, is it worth it right now, even at the price that they're asking? Is it worth it? That's a rhetorical question. It's too late. They're all gone. <laughs> They're all gone. Yeah. Good point. John has kept a few kits for warranty purposes. Some of the barrels had some chrome flaking. But even at $1,000, holy bananas, buy two of them. Who cares? <laughs> These parts will outlast all of us collectively. So um, they're a great value, and they are just, just wonderful to have around. They're a great piece of history, and they're probably never land on our shores again. This is probably the last that the Israeli has have purged and I'm glad to have one. Wow. They're, the parts are easy to work with. The parts are predictable. The parts are even when they're worn out. Well, heck, worn out. 10,000 rounds is worn out for these USGI parts. And even when they are worn, they're still a great value. They'll, they'll keep on going forever. These are the last of the steel warriors as the Americans call them. So these parts kits were everything but a receiver, correct? Maybe and yeah. and, and no yes. stock. So so you'd buy a Nork, strip everything off of it, and use the Nork receiver and just throw everything on. You're the man. You nailed what, it. Now, if you with the bolt and the 
barrel match and you wouldn't have to worry about head spacing or would you have to head space it off the bolt okay. after? John Cantius Garan, God rest his soul, was a genius. He designed all these uh, rifles to f- inter- bolt interchangeability in the field. He designed them with battle chambers. Interpret right. that as a large chamber that would chamber any round, whether the ammunition is cold, wet, hungry, tired, dusty, uh, corroded, rusty, pissed off, and far from home. That ammunition would still chamber. Mm-hmm. The chambers are very generous, and the chambers allow bolt interchangeability in the middle of a firefight, literally. They so you wouldn't have Yeah, right. tight head I got spacing. Moot point. Gotcha. Right. Tight head spacing is for civilian firearms, where you've got dozens and dozens of lawyers <laughs> all over your backs in the industry. Yeah, so and screw the, tighten the barrel down onto the uh, receiver, throw the bolt in, and go play. Can you, yeah, plug and play. And oh, you, you accept, it, it's a chrome chamber. You can't cut into a chrome chamber. Yeah. So you accept the chamber that your combination of bolt and receiver and barrel are going to give you. And damn the torpedoes, it's still great value. Sometimes your chamber might be a few thousands of an inch large, or sometimes it might be um, half a dozen or 12 thousandths of an inch large. Either way, it's still within the military specification. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what are That's the um? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what are the what are some of the top mods that uh, that people do on these uh, on M14s when they kind of get them out of the box? Oh man, there's all kinds of. This is almost like Lego. You could we've had <laughs> folks like the the black feather stocks and sage stocks and new barrels that you can add and muzzle brakes and various scope mounts that you can add and all kinds of upgrades that you can do to uh, maximize your your platform. Well, what about specifically to the to the uh, box stock M three hundred five that we get? What are like the top things that people would do to that rifle to either improve it or accurize it grease any grease lots of grease even ky jelly i don't care <laughs> lubricate <laughs> the heck out of it that's the best upgrade then it works really well <laughs> okay seriously um optics are some of the best upgrades you can do whether you choose uh, additional american garand sites or m14 sites by american made or whether you go to a scope mount like a chasm mount made by Frank out in the West Coast, uh, Vancouver Island, or whether you uh, upgrade to an aim point or a red dot or a large scope um, for a precision rifle. The, the, the world is your oyster with this platform. Um, so if I want to drop on USGI, or maybe not USGI, but um, national and match grade M14 sight on my M305, is that a direct drop-in part or is there any fitting required? Um, all depends um, how, 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 which four-letter words you want to use when you install them. I use them all, generally. Yes, yes, good. Okay, then it'll work for you very quickly then. Okay. All them. Um, the national parts, understand, have a very um, tight, tight tolerance. Uh, they're made that way for a reason, and hence lots of lubrication and sometimes a little bit of lapping is, uh, ca- is called for. Okay. And... Uh, that's why people say, whoa, is that ever tight? Well, that's what you're paying for, national match sites. If you pay for a service-grade site upgrade, it'll just slap together, which is what it is. It's a service-grade rifle. National match parts are that. Extremely tight tolerances, less wobble factor. Gotcha. Yeah. So, anyway, so optics are, are one area people like to upgrade. Another upgrade that's really easy are the stocks. You just 
pick up a VL Tor or a Troy or a Sage or a Black Feather, and away you go. And some people even pick up a McMillan. Woohoo! If you can import it, and uh, next you know, Bob's your uncle. It's just plug and play. Now, if you've done something to unitize your gas system, is it still plug and play with these aftermarket stocks, or is that a factor that you have to consider before you do that mod? Yes, thank you. You answered that question. The, some of the black feather, the modular stocks, require you just to use the gas cylinder and not the accompanying front band. So the front band is left off, and you have to use their washers to make up that space. So good, bad, and indifferent. Either way, okay. it's still going to work. So if you've unitized with the drill and tap method as opposed to the weld, you're okay? Um, yes, All yes. Right. You're better off just purchasing another gas cylinder. Okay. And then off your uncle. And right. leave that unitized system together. In and case you want to go back to the, Gotcha. Well, I, I did tell you to don't buy one. Buy well, two. this is it. This is the beginning of a second. It's like every time, I, hey, I've got an extra A2 grip. I should start an AR build. I know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beginning of a, of a build right there. I mean, you're one yes. part closer, right? So. Yes, that's right. And okay. ARs, oh, man, they're all over the place, ARs. But, you know, the M14s are just not as popular yet. Well, it's because they're a pig to feed. That's why. Thank you. Yes, there you go. They're, they're, I mean, they take a manly man or woman <laughs> to run them in CQB. I, pff, I, I, I admit it. No, no, no. Like every time I've done an, uh, a training class with a rifle, it's been a 10.3-inch Mark 18 because it's light <laughs> and I got to carry it all day. I, I could not imagine doing the CQB clinic with an M14. My goodness, even with the with the cheap plastic stock, I would imagine with a national match wooden stock, it would be a nightmare. I'd have more her. My hernias would have hernias. But anyway, um, so a question specific to the Narinkos. Okay, uh, tell talk to us about this barrel indexing issue we hear so much about on the internet where the barrel is over indexed or no it's not the barrel it's actually the site and you've already touched upon head spacing so if i don't have to worry about head spacing now i kind of think this is a problem i can tackle at home if i have the right tools is that okay let me take a deep breath first of all i'm let me start by saying i'm an iron sight competitor mm -hmm. so all I ever know is looking down those iron sights. Ooh, brownie points. My M14 has, <laughs> has iron sights on it. <laughs> okay. But all I know is I can just look at it and tell you if you are indexed properly or not. And about 99% of the time, it's the machining of the front sight, these Chinese high school shop class guys, and the front <laughs> sight and the flash suppressor. I slap on an American one, and my clients are happy. Oh, wow, it was always indexed properly. Yes. That's how mine was fixed. It wasn't of... my barrel at all. Yeah, mine is carrying a USGI flash suppressor in front sight now. Yeah. And then you said, what the heck? That was an easy fix. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people will say, okay, if it's not the, the flash suppressor, it looks okay, I'll slap on an American site. Just unscrew the Chinese one, put an American one, they go, whoa. It's not machined off at an angle. Maybe you know, it's, it's like uh, your premier, Rachel Notley, leaning to the left, <laughs> <laughs> which would be symptomatic of a very tight barrel. <laughs> so, okay, there's a metaphor there somewhere. So am I correct in understanding then that 99% of the indexing problems aren't the barrel, it's the sight? Thank you. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Or the flash suppressor. Or the yes. flash suppressor. 
Yes. Now, okay. I have had a few where I've knocked off the customer or the client insisted it was out of index, and I took off the flash suppressor, slapped on the American one, and said, yep, they're right. Okay, easy peasy. Then I just chuck it up in my vice. I just put a post on how to uh, swap barrels last night, and people are very familiar with the, the tools I have. And uh, once I chuck it up in the vice and pull on the receiver a few times, the receiver is uh, the whole combination is good to go. It's only a five-minute job. Amazing. All right. Awesome. So, yeah. So, so it, indexing is just uh, sometimes it's perceived. It's not real. And when it's real, it's a very fast fix. Wonderful. If you have the tools. If you have the tools. But you know what? It's part of karma. I tell people, just pay the return shipping. I'll turn it around in a couple of days for you. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, the services are available. Okay. Now, what about the, uh, the, the I don't know if it's folklore or myth, but that... Um, the Americans love to get their hands on Norinco receivers because the steel is better or the process in which the receiver is fabricated is better than Springfield Armory. And they want to build national match grade rifles on the Nork receiver. Okay. True okay. or false? Um, uh, all depends who you talk to. All depends which answer you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, okay, me, I'm going to yeah. start. I'm going to start with the, the Wilson combat folks down in Berryville, Arkansas. And uh, I believe it's Arkansas. But they they absolutely love Norinco frames because they are so hard. The Norinco slides just destroy their carbide tips. That's how strong that Norinco steel is. And it is amazingly tough steel. Okay, that said, depending upon which high school class milled out your receiver, some of the receivers are not always to specification. So... You can expect a few funny surprises when you screw on a GI barrel or uh, a barrel of good known quality. Sometimes uh, the bolts are not to specification. Sometimes I think that the, the, what do you call the high school shop class, slapped in the bolt, screwed on the barrel, it fit, it test fired, it worked. Okay, off it went into the Park Horizon tank and ship it to the round eyes. Good to go. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> so, so that, it's not so much the machining as the as the quality of the steel. Yes, the quality gotcha. steel. There's, there's now, no doubt about that. Are they forged? Are they milled? How are they constructed? Goodness, forged, and that's why the Americans are going crazy. They love their forged receivers. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not uh, defending against zombies in Upper Peninsula, Alaska. You know, at minus forty degrees Celsius. So. I don't worry about a forge receiver. Uh, a cast receiver works for me, too. Okay. Very good. Hmm. But, yeah, the Americans love anything forged. And God okay. bless them. Two, two more questions from me. Um, and one I didn't write down, so it just escaped me for a second. Well, okay. uh, maybe it'll come back to me. The next, oh, uh, barrel. If, if everything on my gun has been accurized and everything is good, and I want to increase the accuracy. Is there um, are match grade barrels readily available here in Canada for my yes, M305? They are. Yeah, I, I I know several vendors who bring in Criterion barrels from the states. And Criterion is a um, a That's sister what's on my Garand. Yes. Oh, and they, they make great service grade barrels because their sister company Krieger has that uh, the match barrel industry lo under lockdown. Yeah, that's what's on my target rifle. Okay, and Krieger barrels can be imported for the M14. Okay, Krieger barrels for the M14. Oh, you don't say. They've been around for a long time, Krieger Oh, that barrel. would suit my OCD perfectly. Both of these that's rifles right. have Krieger barrels. I would just run around saying that. I wouldn't shoot them. I would just talk about it online. Better yet, 
leave your gym membership and use them for working out with those Krieger barrels. <laughs> well, I'm assuming they're they're uh, not a heavy barrel. They've got some kind of regular profile that they fit all the regular components, don't they? Or is it like if you buy a Krieger for your AR, you think it's a good idea until you pick it up? Um, thank you. You just answered that many of the ARs are full, full, full profile under the handguards. Gotcha. And the All American right. National Match Course shooters like that profile. They like oh, that. Yeah, because they're laying down. Yes. Okay. And they're also standing up, so it balances nicely with the lead weight in your buttstock. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that then. All right. <laughs> final well, question. Where, where do you uh, where do you get those barrels? Like you mentioned, a couple people bring them in. Who who's bringing those in right now? Okay, shout out for Mystic Precision. There's one of the mm -hmm. vendors. Mm -hmm. Another shout out Jerry, for a yeah. board sponsor, Elwood Epps. Yeah, sorry, back to Jerry Tail. He brings them in. Now, Elwood Epps, huh. Doug, he brings them in. They're another board sponsor. And Wolverine tries to get them in too. So um, it, 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 all kinds of vendors, if you speak to them kindly, you know, tell them, bring a run in of these Krieger barrels. There is no doubt that they would all sell quickly. Hmm. And nice. Krieger is uh, like Macmillan, uh, they're a desired product and they're much in demand and they take a long time to land here north of border for our tiny market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, there's the issue. It's a tiny market. Um, yes. Final question for me uh, would be on reloading for the M305. Uh, can we squeeze some accuracy out of it with quality hand loads? And if so, what powder and bullet should we be going for? In particular, what bullet weight? Okay, remember that rifle was designed for the 147 grain ball ammo. End yep. of story. I competed with the 168 grain out to 600 yards in the past, and the 168 grain Sierra Match King or Hornady bullet is just phenomenal out of that, up to 600. Um, I, I like using a 155 grain Sierra Match King as well as a Hornady AMAX bullet and loaded magazine tolerant length inside uh, the magazine. Because um, right now, Campro is actually producing 147 grain, and I have a handful that I've loaded up to test, but I haven't fired them yet. Yes. Yeah, go around the 150, 168. Don't, um, don't go any heavier than that. Okay, you can get by with 165 grain hunting or, you know, bear moose rounds by all means. But I had a situation where a client showed up with a, a bent op rod. And he was said for it was from using the 180 grain uh, moose loads that he could get a Canadian mm. tire. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, if you've got an unlimited budget like the U.S. Marine Corps team did back in 96, 97, they had a, they experienced a lot of op rod battering with the 175 grain Sierra Match King. So short answer, keep it down low. That's all. OK. All right. Well, I mean, without an optic, I'm limited anyway to oh, the kind of accuracy okay. I'm going to get. Oh, there you so, go. yeah. Better yet, go cheap, shoot some lead cast bullets. Have fun. Mm. Use pistol powder. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it for me, guys. I've taken up enough of the man's time. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk to him about? I, I think you asked him all the important questions, unless uh, Adriel has a question for him. No, uh, I, uh, I wanted to ask, where's your next CQB clinics? Where's your next uh, uh, M14 clinics? And uh, how can how can people learn more about this? Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, CQB, I started April 22nd, 23rd in uh, Garrison, Petawawa. And then the next weekend, I turn around and fly out to you guys. Yes, Rachel Notley Land. Woohoo! <laughs> On the 29th and 30th, CDTSA at Milo Range outside Vulcan in Milo, Alberta. I love that place out there. 
I'm just so jealous of their shooting complex. And then we go straight into precision rifle matches all uh, season long. Um, I, I only have the one M14 clinic. Yes, I'll be back at the end of November for the shooting edge. Old G.R. Cox there, he always has me in his classroom, and I'll have about 25 people. Uh, the M14 clinics are slowly drying up because the, the, the demand, it's, it's a, I'm a victim of my own success. I think what I've done is I've created mentors or mentees, yeah. I call them, all across the country so that they can help all kinds of people in different provinces, and that's what building community is about, similar to what you guys are doing. Mm. Well, if you come back to New Brunswick, I had an M14 on order to go to your clinic in Fredericton a couple of years back around 2011, oh, 2012. This was fun. Yeah, and then there was a rumor going around that the last batch that came in, the barrels were blown off of them or some such thing. So I ended up canceling it and I didn't go to the clinic. So if you come back to New Brunswick, I'll buy another one to go to the clinic. <laughs> well, it's airfare being what it is today gets uh, clinic becomes very prohibitive. Hence, that's why this I is drove New Brunswick. Car. We'll put you on a bus. Like, don't get fancy on it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give hey, you the I top quality. Brunswick. We'll feed you top quality maple leaf bologna, and you'll be all set. <laughs> As long as you show up with your quad, because everybody, uh, all the teachers I used to chat with said they go to school in their quads. I love it. Or <laughs> only, side by side. <laughs> oh, oh, you own the squad until November, and then it, the quad until November, then it's the skidoo. Doesn't yes, even matter if jealous. it's an Articat, it's still referred to as a skidoo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, when you commute with those vehicles, life doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, do you have a website, or uh, wh where do uh, where do people find more so, about you? Our community is uh, on Canadian Gun Nuts is is amazing. It, it's 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 really the, the 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 ground zero for my business. So I just uh, adopted it as my home. I I've basically shut down TacticalTeacher.ca because I just didn't get the exposure I wanted, and I didn't have the input, and I didn't have the interaction with folks, and. Uh, uh, Canadian Gun Nuts allows me all kinds of freedoms to be able to share my knowledge. Somebody's got to take, if I get hit by an errant school bus driver on crack or something like that, somebody's got to take over. <laughs> and hey, you I guys hardly ever do crack anymore. <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> on, on the, the bus, bus yeah. when I'm driving it. <laughs> <laughs> oh Although my. the skidoo, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect crack mobile. <laughs> it is. Awesome. Oh boy. Well, uh, well, hope, yeah, do you have any, hope, anything, anyone else you wanted to uh, plug right now? Great. Listen, <laughs> props to, to Green Tips and all our vendors and sponsors on the board. It's, it's a great community, despite what people say about it. We are just a fabulous crew. Thank you very much, folks. Awesome. Well, uh, on behalf of Slamfire Radio, uh, thanks again, Barney, for coming on. Uh, you're extremely well-known in the community as, uh, as a guy who's who's – really out there to help and uh, and build community and, uh, and I think it's just awesome to have you on and it's awesome that you're out there uh, help people out with their M14s and, and getting people introduced to CQB and precision rifle shooting it's it's excellent Woohoo! all the best ladies and gents <laughs> alright thanks Barney thank you thanks Barney thanks Barney yeah. thank you very much bye now awesome that was a good interview thank you very much Barney for joining us thank you Adriel for lining that up uh I knew I was going to learn a lot, and uh, I certainly did, and I hope the listeners did too. Shall we uh, jump into some listener feedback here? Sure. Let's. All right. I'm going to take the first one, obviously, because it's short. It's short. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So from Mark, 
I know this is a bit outside the norm, but lacking any friends that speak French, would it be reason would it be a reasonable request for you to view this TV news report on the Ohio Faster program? The Faster program instructs teachers and school personnel in the use of firearms to protect children. Here's the post in our forum looking for someone that can view this piece and tell us how it was reported. Um, it, it, so go back to the, Would it be reasonable? No. They we are not a translation not. No. service. We are a podcast. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you what. He's from Ohio. Come on. I know. I know we all know. speak French. All right. So go I'll ahead. translate it for you, buddy. No, you won't. Your French is worse than Adriel's. I don't even. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Kelly, do you have it open? No, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't speak French. All right. I have it open. You're going to yeah, actually. I did open it. No, it's a video. It's a video. video. I tell you what, here's what we're going to do. I will look at this in my own time before next week's show, and we will cover this on next week's show because it needs more attention than we have time for. From Jeff. Kelly, you want to go ahead and take Jeff's? It says, hi, all. I just wanted to say thank you for being such an informative resource and asset to the international firearms community. I've learned so much while listening to your podcast. (coughs) Okay. For instance, (laughs) from Matthew, I've learned that... Uh, standard of living in Canada is much higher than it is here in the USA. I say this as Matthew consistently refers to himself as just a regular guy out plinking with my 22. Well, I can assure you that there that here in the States, no regular guy uses the phrase, I'm out in one of my planes uh, the other day. So, yeah. Well, it's well, not if, really you saw the, if you saw what kind of plane it was, you would understand. You'd understand. <laughs> yeah, you would understand. It's like saying... Yeah, I'm taking my my street bike for a ride, and it's a scooter. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like kind of the same yeah. thing. It's like a skateboard with wings. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Like yeah, a lawn chair is. with a motor on the back. Mm. <laughs> oh, front. Okay. Uh, from me, from Adriel, I've learned that it is really possible. It really is possible to talk little and say much. That's true, too. From Trevor, I've learned that not all Canadians are nice. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> And from Kelly, I've learned that my job isn't so bad after all. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, just kidding, folks. Keep it up. I always look forward to your podcast, and I'm disappointed when I go out to the casting the casting shed without an epi- new episode to listen to. Take care in the Great White North. Well, you're going to yes. have a lot of casting to do this week. Let me tell you. <laughs> Please <laughs> run a fan. Ventilation yeah. is important. <laughs> yes. P.S. I wanted to send this uh, as I'm from. P.S. I waited to send this as I'm uh, from Florida, and I wouldn't want you to get any weather envy. Too well, late. Yeah, too late. It is it's like winter snowing. has returned to Canada. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a blizzard yesterday. We had a snow day yeah. yesterday. We got a foot of snow. Yeah, yep. it's brutal. Our roads are down in one lane around town. It's awesome. Disgusting. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> that- Matthew. What? Sorry, that was from Jeff. All right. Matthew, will All you right. take the next one? Don't Sorry, Kelly. Tell me what to do. I didn't. I said, would you? <laughs> would you is a question. we got to go back yeah. real quick right. to this Mark in Ohio thing because he finished it by saying he loves the show and he's been listening since the days of CRR. And I thought that should be mentioned because that's a trooper right there, folks. I was going to mention it next week when we cover it in its entirety, including yeah, I don't care the ending. What you were going to do. All, All right. right. So this next one's from <laughs> as long Adrian. As you feel better about hey. yourself. Okay, hey. Beavis hey. and Butthead. Hey. Let's go. Hey. Alright. Um Hey guys and girls from Adrian. Just wanted to drop you a note to say that the patches and stickers made it to me safely all the way down here in Straya. Because he's a Patreone. 
He, they look great, and thanks again. I've always wondered about the full story of Matthew's warning shot nickname. Maybe he could share the story with us on Patreon sometime. Yeah, sure. Absolutely on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a good idea. (laughs) We won't tell him that he could just go back and listen to one of the earlier episodes where we explain it in detail. But no, no. It'll be the next Patreon show, perhaps. Right. (laughs) We can can cover it again. Yeah. It's been a while since we've told the story. But we'll cover it on Patreon first. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, we've got to get people over there. Yeah. All right. This next one's from Craig. Adriel, why don't you take this one? Oh wait, that's not uh, my thing. Guys, that work. <laughs> Adriel has the one from Spencer. I've got this one. Oh, all right. Cool. It's a setup. This is hey, a cool, cool. That's right. The privileges of being lead host. Shh, shh, shh. Hey guys, just hit a new gun high or low, or something here. I bought three sets of Hornady reloading dies last week from the from the good people at SFRC. I currently have nothing that can shoot these calibers, <laughs> nor do I even have any sort of press. I think I just I think I just converted a bunch of wants to a bunch of needs here. Yep. I'm now looking to get a press. I'm looking for something that can do pistol and rifle cartridges. I'm thinking I'd rather single stage or turret press. Could you give me your opinions of the differences between the two and what brands or models you would recommend? Uh, thanks, Craig. Wow. Well, that's a show in itself. No, I can sum it up really quick. All right, you, go. You, you, if you're going to concentrate on pistol, Craig, uh, jump right into a turret press because you can use a turret press as a single stage, but you cannot use a single stage as a turret press. Correct. Mm. Yeah, you All should right? get a turret press. Yeah. You've got a one single ram, which is what you have on a single stage press, but you've got multiple uh, die locations. Whether you rotate them or not it is entirely up to you and your level of competency and comfort. So learn to reload single stage on a turret and then upgrade as your skill level goes up. As far as brands, I can only speak to Lee. Um, I like my Lee. It's affordable and it works. Of course, you know, you get in something like a Redding or Hornady. It's uh, more money and more quality, but I have not really seen any need to upgrade my Lee products. Uh, however, when I do upgrade my single stage, it's going to be to the new mech because it's like a tank. But, um, I yeah. Run the, uh, I run the Lee Classic uh, turret press, and it's, like, it's beefy. It's uh, it's really smooth. Um, yeah, so that would be, like, uh, that would be another option as well. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Get what Trevor said. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and do something that Adriel said too. Well, tre- yeah. Trevor was was recommending the uh, the Lee. Well, I don't know what they call it. Just their Lee turret press. Uh, the, the the classic cast turret press is is similar, uh, except it uses uh, heavier a heavier base, uh, some better arm components in it, and I think the priming system might be different. I don't know. They've been they've been changing things up recently here. Let's say it's heavier and uh, and sturdier, and it's not that much more. So that's that's why I would go for it. Cool. And it's an end. You can buy it as a kit with everything in it you need to get started. And you already have your dies, so good to go. Give her. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, Adriel, would you be so kind <laughs> as to take this one from the whale? Spencer. From Spencer. Hey, guys, it's been a while, but I just wanted to tell Trevor not to plan on retiring off his M1 paratrooper stock. I have the odds no of it being... intentions to. <laughs> I'll wait the odds of it being the real thing are pretty minuscule. However, they're, uh, they are nice reproductions, and if they fit his playing field, then they, he knows it's a good copy of the GI rifle. I bought one of these for an early Universal and had no luck making it fit. 
I've gone through a bunch of M1 clones and finally settled on an auto ordinance for shooting and a nice 1945 Underwood for collecting. The clones are okay, but I'll guarantee that he'll be looking for a real M1 carbine within a month or so. Those Milserp waters are wide and deep, and they can suck up an amazing amount of money trying to build up a quote-unquote collection. And you know uh, that now you need a real GI 1911 to go with the M1s. Uh, I am also (laughs) enclosing a pic of the most uh, recent unicorn I was able to find, and I'll include that on the the website, slamfireradio.com. I've been trying to get all four versions of the Ruger Model 96 lever-action rifles for a while now. I found the 44 Magnum version at first during the height of the gun shortages. I traded the owner 25 P mags, which cost me 10 bucks each, but which he valued at 50 a pop, uh, $50 a pop back in those crazy times. I, I remember those crazy times. That was crazy. Yep. <laughs> what a good investment. Uh, <laughs> guys, guys yeah. were buying AR 15 no name brand lowers for 450. Oh, that's that's silly. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the P mags, and I remember Iron Guns got some, and I, I ended up picking some up for I think they're twenty bucks or twenty five each or something like that. But yeah. Anyways, uh, next I found the two twenty twos, the long rifle and the Magnum version. I couldn't trade P mags on those, but I got a decent deal since they're pretty common. The one I couldn't find was the Model ninety six in seventeen HMR. As far as I could tell, the only one in Georgia was a bubbled up gun with the stock painted black. Custom, according to the ad. <laughs> that was going for almost $1,000 US. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, a friend spotted an ad uh, for one a few weeks back, and I beat the rush and was first in line for it. Now I'm the proud owner of an almost mint Model 96 in 17 HMR. Talk about a great little gun, and the 17 has got to be my new favorite caliber. I need to get to a larger range and try it out, but it's incredibly flat shooting. I liked it enough that I just bought a Ruger American in 17 HMR, so I won't be putting all the wear and tear on the Model 96. Uh, A question for Kelly, then I'm finished. For Appleseed, so much of the program is the American Revolution. What will the Canadian equivalent in the Mapleseed program be? Take care, y'all. Spencer. Okay, so what he's talking about is there is a history component to the Appleseed. The Appleseeds are two-day events. They'll teach you the fundamental uh, of shooting and, and, and marksmanship, but they also put the history component of the American Revolution in it as well. And it does make it a longer event or a two-day event. Uh, right now, the Maple Seed is a one-day event, so we will be teaching the basics of uh, shooting. How to burn down a White House. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to do. Everybody grab your lighters, and yeah, we're yeah. done. All right, let's do the rifle. Yep. So what we're going to do is, uh, yeah, we're limiting the first year to just the one-day events. We will have a little bit of history because of the fact that, yeah, I told you earlier about the Mad Minute target, and we're going to tell you about where uh, where that came from. Uh, but And we'll do some dangerous old men or slash women. Um, but that's what it's going to be the first day, the first year, and then we're going to be building then uh, building in the history piece for the year two. Um, year two, maybe we'll talk about you know the uh, the burning down the White House. That might be interesting. We've yeah. got some pretty interesting history here. We, in we absolutely there, it's do. not nearly as movie worthy as uh, you Americans with your mm, upheaval and whatnot. No. But um, we do still have some interesting history, and I'm I'm pretty sure Maple yep. Sea can come up with some cool stuff. Yeah, we absolutely. Do. 
Yep. A um, couple of comments about my M1 carbine and the next one. Uh, the stock, yes, I, know, I already I am fully aware that the stock is a reproduction. I have not tried it on my playing field because I don't want to remove the front sight. Uh, I'm just going to keep my eye out for an actual USGI one, either a Winchester or an Inland. Um, whatever, uh, we'll do the research and find out which versions were made in with the paratrooper stock and I'll buy one of those and make my paratrooper stock fit hopefully or if it doesn't fit the one I buy then I'll put it on the inland and put the stock on the inland on the Winchester or whatever um, and as for getting other mill serps to go with the collection yeah uh-huh it has started and I sent him a picture of the mill serp that I got that I'm only talking about right now on the Patreon. So he got a little spoiler. I actually sent him some photos of it to enjoy. So, yeah. Uh, is that it for that is it. So if you would like to email the show, you can do so by sending an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, there are no iTunes reviews this week, but please feel free to get on there. Uh, log into the world's worst software and leave one for us. Um, shout outs, not including the first one, you sarcastic. <laughs> All right, who's got the next one? I do. I have one. It's for Rick, Mario, Doug, Stacy, and Kevin. And thanks for keeping me semi sane over the last uh, little while. And for especially everybody that came out on Saturday in the the one day that it was uh, minus 20 and freezing. Uh, and we froze our butt off on the range. And people thought we were crazy all collectively. So, yeah. Thanks. Nice. Anybody awesome. else? Yeah, I got one. Uh, just a real quick one to uh, Alan. Uh, we weren't able to connect for uh, for dinner, but uh, one day, one day we'll have dinner and uh, yeah, talk about uh, guns and uh, that kind of thing. Over a sub that he will buy you. Over yeah. a sub, mm, six inch. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a new. Hey, I have a shout out. That's why bad. didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you ask me if I had a shout out? I said anyone else you didn't speak No, because then Adriel did his, and then I was waiting for you to ask me again, and you didn't. And you moved on without telling me that it was my turn to do my shout-out. So we have a new Patreon supporter this week, Del R., who's a patroni for 223. We love the calibers. Thank you very much, guys. All right. Matthew. Yeah. Anything else to contribute? No, I'm good. You sure? Okay, yeah. I don't want to move on and skip you, <laughs> but I do though. All right, as we do every week, uh, we are going to ask you to join one or all of the national firearms associations, such as the Canadian uh, Coalition for Firearms Rights or the CSSSA. It's important to support those who support us. Also, get out and do some shooting. Otherwise, what are we talking about here, right? Gonna head on over to Gun Owners of Canada. It's a very popular Canadian forum with our. We've got our own little home over there. Uh, and if you piss me off enough, I might call you an idiot. Who knows? You'll have to oh, go no, 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 no. log on to see. Um, like how Kelly really liked that one, did she? That's like that's like clickbait, isn't it? It's totally clickbait. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like us on Facebook. We are at one thousand six hundred and thirty-six. I said it wrong. That's okay. <laughs> None of us. Are. Let's move on. Five gold stars, a signed 858 petition, four thumbs up, two Harambe thumbs, uh, one star David, two SIG P226 handguns, three platinum bullets, and an adult-inspired foregrip. Really? Uh, until next week, everybody, buy an M14. 
I can't believe you didn't ask me for shoutouts. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun. Oh, and you're like upcoming events or something? Well, no, just in, in in the update area there. All right, I'm going to ask this right now. No. And forever hold your f- peace if not. <laughs> Does anybody have any f- shoutouts they would like to put into the notes now? Because <laughs> oh. if I get reprimanded one more time for skipping over somebody, there's going to be shooting on our podcast. Oh, look at that! It's full. No, that's all last week. I'm just gonna I'm gonna come up with one at the end that I'm not you gonna write dick. in. You will too, won't you? I will. I will. And you can wait till I go past, and then yep. no, no. Like, wait, wait, wait! I've got a I've got a shout out. Hold on, go back, go back to the shout outs. I've got one. Out. Shut up! Just, that's hilarious because right I, I was laughing at that as I listened to the show today on my way home. <laughs> Adriel, don't be a dick. Do it, Adriel. Do it. So we gotta press his right. buttons. Now I'm pissed off. Let's start. Damn it. Yeah, this is the best way to start, really. <laughs> <laughs>